WWF, what the world is watching. And boss man, if I recall correctly, last time it was you who felt the cold steel of the hand. Where are you, boy? Everybody out there, everybody in television land, if you will, knows I beat Hulk Hogan like a dog. He felt the cold hardness and the power of the big boss man. But one thing I have to admit, boy, you're different. You got more heart than brains. <laughs> well, being different requires a different means of correction, boy. And as God is my witness, as I'm standing here before you, I'm going to punish you, boy. Punish you to the fullest extent of the law. Right, and after I ain't through, boy, you keep your mouth shut. After I get through beating you down like the dog you are, I'm going to chain you up, put you in solitary confinement uh, for life. You tell them, Slick. Exactly. Now then, you have heard, you understand, what the big boss man had to say. And he addressed it directly to you, Hulk Hogan. And now, inquiring minds want to know what you going to do about it. The man beat you like a dog. He told you to your face, and he did it in your face, and in front of thousands of your Hulkamaniac friends. So now then, are you man enough? Are you big and bad enough to answer the challenge? Can you step into the war zone? Can you do combat with the big man from the Department of Correction? He's got your number. He's got your address, boy. You can't run. You can't hide. He's going to put a whipping on you. That tide can't wash out and Ajax can't take off. You looking at the baddest man and he's going to use you for a flow mat, brother. He's going to step all over you in his quest to become the greatest of all time. The main event's still to come. The big boss man to face Hulk Hogan. When we return, more action. Welcome to the 24-inch podcast. We're going old school tonight because with me Very right now, old school, as you hear there, is the lovely Paula Bennett. And we also have Hollywood Dave Rollins. The band is all here tonight. What's up, Dave? Getting the band back together, brother. And I just wanted to let you know and say hi to Paula. It's been a long time. Yeah. We've all been together here, you know. And I'm glad for those parent-teacher conferences. We had them here last week in Kearney, New Jersey, to get you out of school a little bit, watch a couple movies with Dad, record a couple podcasts. It's all good. And Steve Bennett, i got to tell you, not only are you a good friend of mine, and uh, am I, I'm also one of your co-hosts on your podcast, 24-inch podcast, I am also, this past week, been a gigantic fan of yours. Nice. I've been getting very nostalgic. 
Yeah, I've been getting very nostalgic with the Place to Be Nation and going back and listening to those old Magic Square Garden. Yeah, cards we had and... some good episodes. We're, it, yeah. This one's almost a throwback to that, too, this episode that we're doing tonight. Right, right. That's what made me think of it. Cause you, yeah. told, you told me you did this one. Then I, I found them on YouTube, and I have YouTube TV. I just sit there and take my THC gummy at night and just laugh, listening. The model's on if you're on, if yep. Winston's on. It's just yeah, all good, good stuff. man. I, well, first of all, I'm a huge Place to Be Nation fan of the, the, the flagship show. Now, we've talked about how yeah. right now they're in an era that we don't love. That's fine. Um, we still love them. But yes, that, that reboot, the when they did yeah. that reboot, I think in 2017, and they picked up in 1985, and they did that run from 85 to 92, th that's great, great stuff Scott and um, Justin did there. And um, it's 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 built into a nice community that we're all a part of. I mean, Dave, you and I, and Paul has even done Carnoso before as well, which is part of the North South Connection, which was born out of the Place to Be Nation. And um, I run the um, the Christmas gift exchange every year over there. So there's good people there. Uh, there's bad people too, but there's some good people there. And um, they also Justin always helps us with the notes. Like for example. Tonight we're doing the, the January of 89 MSG, and there's already notes on that. So instead of me having to watch a show and meticulously take notes that have already been taken, we share those. So that's a really big thing that helps. To save yeah, that's a lot good. Of time. He, I'm, a, I'm a color guy. I, never, I would never be able to do that, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, uh, to write all that down. That gives Justin a lot of credit. He has, he's on so many different uh, podcasts, so many different eras. Now, you know, Ryan did blow him in and say he does have someone who helps him with notes sometimes. Ryan does a lot. Ryan, does, of course, Rock and Ryan can't leave him out either. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and Paula got Paula got my dream come true. When I was a kid, I would have died for this. So she had a half day today and off tomorrow for teacher conferences, right? Mm -hmm. And that would always be a dream. That's always great. But when you were a kid and you were in trouble in school, like I was in elementary school all the time, just because. And I know, like, I was just a bored kid. You know what I mean? They weren't teaching anything there. I didn't know. I was restless. I was full of energy. I wanted to be a Hulkamaniac and run around the school, and they wanted me to sit still in the chair. It didn't work out. That's like me. We're going to see a lot of that later. I was chasing at recess or lunch. I had to get all that out. I'm like, yep. and I'm really crazy sometimes. So the, the, the parent-teacher conference is always a double-edged sword for me, right? Because it was all fine and good until your parents, my parents went to the conference, and the teacher would give me a bad report or whatever and then i'd be punished on thanksgiving or something you know and not yeah, really oh, man, yeah but paula's teacher called in sick she canceled oh. it so paula got the days but off I'm, not, and I'm actually not happy because i want you to hear how i've been doing in school because i've been doing good yeah well paula's a sweetheart yeah i was gonna say i think paula's doing good i i was always a schmoozer so i, I never they might say he did this bad, but he did this good. You know what I mean? It was always a little, little schmoozing going on there with my teachers. So I, I, I never really got in trouble. I did better uh, as I got older. Exactly. Like probably from seventh grade on, I never really got in any trouble. It seems like we're opposite. Me and my friend Anthony Pagano were like that. He struggled in uh, grammar school, which yeah. I did very well in. Yep. And um, actually, I actually I, I uh, yeah, I was okay high school student, probably B's and C's. But I couldn't do college, and and he did, and he did excellent in college, and I just I just couldn't. I needed to write down the stuff to study it and have it in front of me, not just listen to some guy talk and take it in. It was just like my mind's just thinking about you know what bar I'm going after later on tonight or something. So that was the downfall of Hollywood Dave Rolls. 
yeah, college. I think it was more about the bar you were thinking about than any kind of formatting with the school. <laughs> that was the problem. I don't think. Yeah, I think I did you okay could have figured school. that out. Yeah, well, it wasn't a bad. I wasn't not didn't quite make the honor student list, but uh, I wasn't a bad. Wasn't a bad student. But um, Thanksgiving's coming up. So Paul's only got Paul's had last week. She had a four day week. This week she had a three and a half, and next week she has a two day week. Two days. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, and she's off for Thanksgiving. Dave, you got any Thanksgiving traditions besides fighting at your house? Uh, that's what I was going to go right to. We already <laughs> got the fight out of the way. On We had a big fight here on Halloween. Oh, which nice. I had, uh, Yeah, which I had nothing to do with, actually. Oh, perfect. Months, and yeah. I broke it up. And um, so uh, Thanksgiving was canceled until, I believe, today. I hear that it's back on. There's been a reconciliation. So, yeah, so I was just going to sit on a couch and drink wine or beer by myself and just hang out or, you know, go to a friend's house or something. But right. there seems to be a reconciliation has gone on a truce, maybe a, a summit of sorts. So it was and sisters versus just, the parents or something like that? It was a, yeah, a sister a versus sister. both parents. So how does that take down the whole Thanksgiving when you just ban that one the other sister? sister says, the other sister says, because of this and because of all the drinking, I'm not coming then, you know, she'll throw me into the mix because David's going to get drunk and do something to... to I believe and, that, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they all do. It's not just... My, my parents don't don't drink anymore, you know what I mean? But um, uh, my mom might have a few glasses of wine, but she's not a, you know... What about but, you, Paula? Uh, it's us. You got any traditions? Uh, Dave, I remember Dave Sr. looking mm. pretty lit in a video not too long ago, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, he hasn't had anything in uh, maybe, five, maybe four or five years. Well, He's just on it, high on dialysis. I think Daddy has a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big Thanksgiving guy. I don't like the dinner. I like the turkey. No, you don't. I like the turkey. Get out of here. I like the meat. You eat maybe half a piece of that turkey. I just don't understand why, if it's such a good dinner, why people don't make it any other day of the year. Yeah, we have it a few, a few other times a year. I like. Some I don't like. People do it on Christmas, like they make turkey, like leftover turkey that they have at the store. See, I'm like Italian. That. I like to eat lasagna on Thanksgiving. Well, you know, when I was younger, and my Italian grandparents, me too. my grandparents were still alive. We had lasagna on Thanksgiving, and um, there was turkey as well. But I would not Jealous. eat it. I would just. Eat, I would eat lasagna. So yeah, but, we have something lasagna or something too. But they're exactly. dead now, so they don't make it anymore. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Paula, what's the game me and you have been playing we were going to tell Dave about? Oh, wait. I wanted to ask one more question. Oh, one so more thing. Is it going to be, yeah. gonna be just um, you, Paul, and Tammy, or are you getting together with oh, other no. family? So my, my dad's mom is still alive. I have one grandparent left. So she okay. gets Thanksgiving and Easter until she dies. So... Now again, and she Christmas. was she was sick. Well, we visit her on Christmas. She doesn't get the whole day. Um, she was sick, and I had heard rumbling she might not do it. And then I called her, and she said, "No, I'm fine. We're gonna do it." So, oh good. Um, but she's 88, 89. You know, she's getting up there. So there's probably not that many big Thanksgiving dinners left at her house. We usually get there like around one o'clock. We'll eat. I don't know, around 3 o'clock. She makes this seafood dish for me because, like I said, I don't like the dinner all that much. Um, it's like fake crab you with have butter. I admit that I do okay. eat the dinner rolls, though. She does eat dinner. Yeah, Paula does eat dinner rolls. I'll give her that. 
How about the, how about the dessert pull? I'm sure you like that, right? The pies and all. No, she's not a dessert person. Not even at that. All. No. I like. My one sister it's that moved to California dessert, was the pie Dan, person. Not dessert. Would make them, so we 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 missed out. We lost out on that when she moved away. <laughs> I like cheesecake. I'll eat a nice piece of cheesecake. I Probably eat some yeah. cheesecake. Yeah, I would eat cheesecake. I kind of like donut cake, and I love donuts. She does like donuts, yeah. Or Gorilla Monsoon, peanut butter pie. I've never had it. <laughs> I haven't had much pie. I'm not really a pie person. I had Pecan I, pie is very good. I had one um, I had. Bad for you, um, sure. What is it called again? Pumpkin pie in class last year. You didn't like it, I remember. Yeah, but, yeah. The day that I got it Warren. again, I liked it, and it was weird, kinda. I don't know if that was apple pie or it was pumpkin, cause it was near like um Halloween. It was a f- like one, the last week before Halloween that we did it. So I don't know if it was apple or. Mm. Me and my one uncle, we've been having the same conversation for like the last twenty five years, and I don't know if he's never noticed or he forgets or what, but. He'll come in the house and he'll go, "Hey, Steve, uh, what's the word?" He's a "What's the word?" guy, right? I like it. And he'll and I'll go vacate, and he'll go vacate, and I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh," and it's a reference to a Pearl Jam song called "Immortality," where the few, first line of the song is "Vacate" is the word. Vengeance has no place from me to her. Um, and I've been saying that since I was like 14 years old, and. It never gets further than vacate. Yeah. He forgets every year. And that's it. And we, and this, we've done this like every year for 20 straight years. And he, like never, he never questions it. He never wants to know more about why it's vacate. <laughs> he just sort of repeats the word back with like a, like a questionable look in his face and moves on. And it's just, I, I like, I'll make note of it. You know, like I told Tammy about it, like, you know, her first Thanksgiving. I'm like, well, you know, watch this. Does and that I, mean leave? Like vacate? Get out of here? Vacate, yeah, it means leave. Yeah. yeah, so maybe that's why he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I ain't going anywhere. I'm here to eat." Yeah, maybe he thinks I want to make it a short night. <laughs> like, but it's the same thing every year. Hey, Steve, what's the word? Vacate. Vacate. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, Marie, how we doing? And you know, on to the next person or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like every year. That's good. Yeah. So you think one time he would just be like, "What are you talking about? I vacate." <laughs> And I could say maybe this, maybe this will be the year. Yeah, so I don't maybe know. Maybe you should say, "Why do you say vacay to me?" <laughs> but I'm the one saying it. I meant when like, he repeats it back. Yeah, like uh, when he says vacay. No, when he says, "What's the word?" You can like say, "Why are you questioning me? What's the word?" Imagine if you didn't know what to say, and you're just like mac and cheese. If you could have just said like mac and cheese, like maybe you said mac and cheese instead, he would be like. So Dave, yes, sir. Paula and I have been playing this really fun game. I made it up. Paula made it up. You want to tell him how cool. we do it? What we do? So we um figure out a topic and we dress up wrestlers for the specific topic. Right. So for example, one of our favorites is we have a prom. Prom. So the first thing we do, we invite some wrestlers to the prom. Then we figure out who their dates would be. Then we figure out who the entertainment would be. close to Thanksgiving. I thought maybe we can do a Thanksgiving a dinner. Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, that's a great idea. All right, so here's what we're going to do first, Dave. We're each going to be able to invite three wrestlers to the dinner. And they can be actual wrestlers. You can invite managers. You could invite, you know, Mean Gene if you wanted. 
Federats, anyone you know, eighties wrestling related. Um, and you can gotta be eighties or nineties, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. our era. Um, okay. Any, you're also the managers. Um, don't count as other people if they're like somebody that they actually are training with, or like new people, or yeah. Like if you let's say for example, if they say for if you say for example, Haku. Okay. He has the managers to keep him. Right, he's got Bobby. You thinking of Kamala? The person that comes with Kamala. Yeah, okay. He has a handler. So he wouldn't count. He would just come with yeah. Kamala. Yeah, because yeah. if he comes to Thanksgiving dinner, he might end up eating. He, he needs his handler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he could eat people. Good point. Good point, right? Like Dave? inviting the moon dogs to high tea. Yes. So if you <laughs> if you if you pick Kamala, know that you'll be also bringing kimchi with you as well. So nobody gets eaten. So no one gets eaten. All right, Paul, you want to pick your three first? Yes. All so right. I'm going to have Macho Man. Macho Man. The oh, bad yeah. version. Mean Macho Man. I'm doing all bad. Though. Okay, so the the mega powers have exploded, Macho Man. Mm, wait, I want to redo that. Or do you want the Macho Man who tries to kill Steamboat? Qu- queen. King. King, King Macho Man. Macho. Okay, King Macho. King Macho. Okay. Mean Hulk Hogan. Mean Hulk Hogan from the eighties or from the with the black beard. Black beard. Okay, so Hollywood Hogan. Um. Andre, mean Andre. And mean Andre. Okay, that's a lot of heels. That's that. She said she wanted to go all bad guys. So then who you got, Dave? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make my attempt at making a peanut peanut butter pie for Gorilla Monsoon. And if I have Gorilla there, I got to have the brain, got to have the good old weasel breath, Bobby Heen in there. Okay. For gorilla the jokes, and Bobby. You know, yep. Gorilla and Bobby. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw the uh, babyface world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan in there. All right. I want to pick three big eaters. Some guys who I know are just going to feast on the food. I know. So first one I'm going to go with is King Kong Bundy. Because you can tell by that guy's belly he can eat. He can be. Oh, you know who won? King Kong. Wait, uh, you know the person that finished the pie first in the... Oh, in the pie-eating contest? Yeah. Wasn't it Bundy? Wait. Remember he had the top hat? Oh, Captain Lou. Captain Lou. He was... Okay. He eated all that pie. Okay, so I'll pick Captain Lou. Good job, guys. I just want to tell you something about Bundy real quick before you get on to the next one. Uh, Somebody from... The sports world or entertainment world invited Bobby Heenan to some some affair, some dinner, and said, uh, can, can you please bring King Kong Bundy? I get a big kick out of him. What does he eat? And Heenan joked around and said, like, 90, 90 Cornish hens. And the guy b- had 90 Cornish hens there for for, he- for Bundy. That's and hilarious. Bundy, Bundy had a ham sandwich. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh. The guy took it literally. <laughs> That's such a good rib. All right, so, so I got Bundy. I got... Um, Heenan, and since I, or excuse me, Captain Lou, and um, since Heenan's already gonna be there and Bunny's gonna be there, I'll invite Big John Studd as well, so he doesn't feel bad that everyone else from the team got invited. That's nice, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna have Big John Studd, Bundy, and Captain Lou. So here's who's at our table: we got Gorilla, Bobby, original uh, champion Hogan, '84 to '88 Hogan. Um, we got King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, Captain Lobano. And we got King Macho, we got um, Hollywood Hulk, Hollywood Hulk, and, and we've got Andre. Aunt Mean Andre. Uh, post WrestleMania, post WrestleMania three, 
to WrestleMania 6, Andre. Dad, should yes. we tell them our favorite thing? What's that? Dressing. Okay, Paul loves to dress the guys. So, the next thing, we can't do every wrestler, so we're not going to have enough time. So, for this category, we'll have one of our one of our guests each has a special outfit on. So, Paul, what outfit are you going to have your wrestler have on? My wrestlers? You know, you get to pick one person from your party gets to dress special. Um, Hollywood Hulk. Hollywood Hulk? Okay, what's he wearing? He's just going to wear, like, a big kind of, like, creepy, like, shirt. Okay. With, like, big shorts that look scary. With scary socks, scary okay. shoes, you know. Okay. And his hair going to be, like, in a mohawk. Mm. He's going to look scary. All right, Dave, you want to put an outfit on one of your guys? Yeah, well, Gorilla Monsoon was a big gambler, so uh, I think uh, him and Bobby are going to bet on one of the football games oh, on Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a definite. If, yeah. if Bobby wins, Gorilla's got to wear wear a gorilla suit, and if Gorilla wins, Bobby's got to wear the old weasel suit. Love and it. Gorilla's going to Gorilla's going to win, and Bobby's going to be in that weasel suit. Love it. All right, uh, I will have Bundy wear the Halloween costume he wore on Starrett's main event in the pie eating contest. Because that's a great outfit for things. Abraham Lincoln. Yep, his Abe Lincoln outfit. All right, what category you want to do next, Nat? Um, how do you think we should dress, like literal dress, the turkey? So what's the flavors going to be? No, like clothes it to make it look fancy. You want clothes on the turkey no, we're like going to eat? the round of the plate. Like, oh, okay. Oh. All right. Okay, go ahead. Show us what you mean. Um, you can go first. Like, so I would put, like, maybe a bunch of flowers. Okay. Decorating the Wait, turkey for the table. Skulls. I skulls. Oh, yeah, skulls, you got the bad guys. Because I got heels. I would do a bunch of skulls, <laughs> and I would do, like, think that's a heel on it. And this is what we do at bath time, Dave. We just get with these outrageous categories. For different well, that's pretty cool. things that are prom. Dave, do you want to do something, uh, pass the dish around that's specifically decorated? Oh, oh my God. She's bringing um, turkey with skulls around it. I'll bring okay. the macaroni and cheese, and it's going to be in a football dish. Since, like Dave said, the football games are going on. And um, I'm also going to bring, like, football-themed napkins and cups, paper plates. So it's a little bit easier cleanup. Get okay. a little football theme for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's But it's going to cool. be like like the plates are going to be like a turkey playing football. You and know I'm going to add the skull and the thing that's a heel onto them. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said that we're going to make uh, Gorilla's peanut butter pie. So in order to make a peanut butter pie, you're going to need plates and dishes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I think all our silverware won't be silver. They'll all be red and yellow. The plates will be red. Every the napkins will be yellow because nice. Hulk and Hulk and Bobby's guest is uh, eighty four to eighty eight Hulk Hulk Hogan. All right, last category, and you guys can play this at home amongst yourselves. We like to do a prom. Sometimes we'll do a um, graduation ceremony. Yeah, sometimes we'll do like birthday. Yeah, wedding. birthday party. Yeah, you can choose anything you want, and, and you just start adding so these ridiculous eighties wrestling things to it. And yeah, you can even I once added to yeah. it. I once added like the person that's saving or entertainment data. Well, that's Steve what added. I was gonna say for our last category. We know that since it's huge wrestlers, you can't have it like someone's kitchen. So we rented an, a VFW post. 
you know, one of those halls where they people run for kids' birthday parties. Right. Like a Knights of Columbus Hall or the VFW Post, whatever. We run in one of those and they happen to have a stage. So each of us can hire one 80s entertainment act. It could be music, it could be comedy, it could be anything you want to play on that stage and to perform a dinner entertainment thing. And, and since I brought it up while you guys think of it, I'll give the first one. I'm going to invite... I'm going to invite Rodney Dangerfield to do a comedy routine, a no-respect comedy routine. <laughs> he's going to come. He's like, hey, uh, you know, that turkey gets no respect. You know what I'm saying? I got no balls. Uh, you know my doctor, right? Dr. Vinny Boombots? <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite Rodney Dangerfield over. Paula, you know who you're doing or you want Dave to go next? Me, okay. I know it. What's your entertainment? Mad Wedding Singer. Oh. Very, very mad wedding singer when he sings. Why? Love Sting. Yeah. And he'll also sing um the song that he sings in front of um her his pretend her right. his girlfriend. Yep. After the um yep. audition. He's like, oh, I wanna put I you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, Dave. What do you got? Paul. Well, mine's definitely. Hundred uh, percent, Vince Neil. Oh, nice. Because yeah, he's gonna do his his drinking with me. Nice on Thanksgiving, yeah. and then he's gonna get up and sing, and he's gonna have maybe struggle a little bit. So I'll get up there and help him. Then I'll struggle a little bit. Then we'll probably get in a fight with my family and other people. I was gonna say it'll be a fist fight or something. The then we'll go out to, to the called, yeah. <laughs> We'll go out to the bar, hit on some girls, and you know we'll see what happens from there. But probably spend the night in jail. All right, this is fun. This is what me and Paula do to entertain ourselves. Uh, but we got to get back on track, Peanut. Yes. Me and you can play this all night. Don't call me Peanut in front of a lot of people. Oh, my bad. Call me Sweetheart. Okay, Sweetheart. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Madison Square Garden. We're not going to give bios. We're going to talk about memories of Madison Square Garden that we've had. We're going to do a big bio for Big Boss Man, and Dave's going to do Where's Hulk as we build towards the January 1989 MSG card featuring Hulk Hogan versus the Big Boss Man. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Right on. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster, or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-inch podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast, at 24-inch podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Welcome back, but is it summer yet? It's so hot. It's so cold. I wish it was summer. <laughs> Paula Bennett. It's a cool uh, uh, summer. <laughs> was looking for. I'm drunk. And I'm kind of like a baby coming over. I don't even know what to say. Twenty four. I, I, I hate Taylor Swift. Yeah. I love Taylor Swift. All right, Swifty, beat it. Twenty four inch podcast. <laughs>
We are back. That's the end of the Swifty time. I guess that was Taylor Swift. I have no idea. I heard they're going to have the Super Bowl at a Taylor Swift concert this year. That's just oh, a rumored nice. innuendo right now. Yeah. Oh, very good. That'll be nice. Uh, all right, the B block. Um, <laughs> now that the Taylor Swift portion of the, thank you for that, Paul. <laughs> the Swift. Well, maybe we'll get the Swifty Nation bump. You know, they'll hear that this is a Swifty podcast. Come running. I don't know, brother. I don't like to bury much of anything, but I, I, I don't see it. I mean, yeah, it's it's whatever. This generation's no I'm Madonna. Looks. I'm oh, looks. looks. Oh, she's yeah. a dog. I wouldn't say that. Well, I would just not like, you know. She's a three C to me. What does that mean? You know, like a like a five and a half six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be a dog six. I no, guess. But, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, Madison Square Garden hosts the show today, and obviously we've had many Madison Square Garden shows, so I thought instead of reading a bio of it again, we could talk a little bit of our personal memories in the world's famous arena. Dave and I have both been there several times. Paul has never been to Madison Square Garden yet, uh, but we will definitely fix that I at some know point. Some, I do know some TV reasons. Oh, okay, yeah, we've watched things at Madison Square Garden, but it can't be. The terrorist has got to stop. Okay, because it's distracting to me. All right, Dave, give me a couple of your favorite memories in MSG. Well, actually, um, there, there's a couple of reasons why the, the my, what, my favorite event there was SummerSlam '91. I was there live. I know okay. you guys love, I love the jailhouse. Show. Yep, the love jailhouse. That show. That's a great SummerSlam. Yep. Um, I didn't go there previously because a lot of people probably expected I would because the Meadowlands is ten minutes from my house in, in a car ride, and you'd be able to watch and, MSG on TV, and you'd be able to watch MSG live on TV. That's a big reason, and another, one more reason. My father had it in his head that it was a very rough crowd at Madison Square Garden. Um, <laughs> maybe it was in the uh, Bruno and Pedro days. I think I think it was actually, you know, and um, you know, fight a lot of fights, a lot of you know, a lot of stuff like that, beer, you know, beer flow and stuff like that. And uh, by the Hulkamania, by the Hulkamania era, I don't think that was as as prevalent. But uh, that that was one of the excuses. Uh, so there's three right there. But uh, yeah, SummerSlam '91. I also attended WrestleMania '10. Uh, no, no, uh, no Hulk at WrestleMania '10. But um, but uh, great, great show, great pay per view. You know, Brett and Owen, yeah. and uh, of course Razor and Shawn yeah. the ladder match. You know, it was the great. A lot of my guys. Your other boy. Guys, your other boy Dave gave five, two five star matches that night. Yeah, a lot of my guys were still around. Earthquake. You know what I mean. A lot of guys were still there. Bam, bam, and. Um, then, uh, oof, what else was there at that? I was at Hulk's big uh, return to the Garden in 2002 as he wrestled The Undertaker, and he got pinned when Vince McMahon interfered. I'm like, give me a break. I mean, he was so over then. I mean, Undertaker had the belt, but, I mean, he could have done a, a DQ or something. Like, like Hulk got pinned. I'm like, come on. I, I was, like, really pissed off leaving there. I'm like, I, I almost like I'm, I shouldn't even have came. Like, it was just stupid. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's so easy to do a DQ or a count out or something if you don't want to, if you don't want it can't switch the belt. Uh, Survivor Series '96, another great card. That was the debut of The Rock, Rocky Maivia. So I got to see him for in his very first uh, televised WWF match live. You were, you were live for that. I was live for his very first title win, his first well, WWF championship win. Yeah, yeah. And um, then as our teenage years, uh, we went to several 
house shows just for the hell of it. Take the path during like the new generation era. What about songs. concerts? Okay, uh, concerts. Well, boy, yeah, I thought we were just talking wrestling. No. Uh, concerts, I saw that big Carnival Sins Motley Crue 2005 reunion tour there. Uh, I've seen them there again in 09, again in 2014. Uh, I've seen Kiss and Aerosmith perform together there. Uh, Ozzy, I've seen twice at the no, once at the Garden, once at the Garden, once at Mount's Twelve, once at the Garden. Oh boy, um, I just saw Brian Adams there this past summer with Joan Jett. Uh, there's got to be at least ten more. Any sporting big, events? Big shows. I've never been to a Knicks or Rangers game. No, no, I have nothing. No, I think I saw the Chipmunks on Ice there though. Okay. Chipmunks yeah. that, that predates wrestling, even. <laughs> no Globetrotters? Nothing circus, like that, no. Or anything like that. You ever go to anything in the Felt Forum? Um, I don't know if the uh, Felt Forum, the Chipmunks, was the Felt Forum or the Garden. Okay. I don't think I'll ever know. Because <laughs> I, look, I, I looked, I tried looking it up because I was like three years, three years old. I tried Googling it, and I'm getting, like, I can't remember what date it was. If it was 83 or 84. I don't know, whatever. But uh, yes, fell for him. I saw WCW um, house show there in '96. Macho Man against Ric Flair with Bruno as the referee. Uh, and this was a week before the Hulk Hogan Bash at the Beach '96 heel turn. Okay. Good time too. Yeah. yeah. My first time in the Garden was 1997. Uh, my senior year of high school, we went on a trip in the winter time. Um, before Christmas to, you know, see the tree, ice skate, Rockefeller Plaza. Went to Staten Island, obviously, and visited all my great-grandmother's sisters and my grandma's cousins and all of our family on Staten Island. And we went to a Rangers and Sabres game. So the Sabres were actually there, which is just a coincidence um, that that's who the Rangers happened to be playing. So we got tickets. Um, and it was me and my mom and my brother's dad and my brothers and my younger brother at the time was six, five, five. He would turn six in May. Um, so he's five going on six and he just hung with me the whole night. Like we sat together, we shared a pretzel, we went and we watched the jets and the, the, the jets were playing the Detroit lions that day. And Barry Sanders got his 2000th yard in the game and we watched in the fourth quarter before the hockey started. My brother oh, wow. and I watched that and then we went and we sat and watched the game. And it's only significant because then in 2013 uh at the Garden I went and watched him play uh on the Garden. They had a Yale versus Harvard hockey game uh called the Rivalry on Ice in January. I guess it was January 2014. Calendar had just switched. So they had won the national championship in April 2013. The start of his junior season in the fall of 2013, um, what the highlight of the schedule was the Har- the Harvard Yale game at the Garden. They got 18,000 people, um, so it was you know packed to the gills. And um, you know I remember the Saints actually had a playoff game against the Seahawks. So it was a really crazy day for me trying to balance the Saints playoff game and my brother at MSG. And um, I just remember walking down the stairs and they're skating for warmups. And I looked up at the Jumbotron, and it had his name and him. It's like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and um, John Kerry was there, <laughs> visited the <laughs> a, the Yale players in their locker room. Just he just just like there for the game and went down and visited the players. 
um because he's a Yale graduate oh, okay um shocker yeah exactly and um that night so he he gets an assist in the game and you know I'm watching the play and he makes a pass over to his line mate and his line mate shoots it in it's a goal it's like oh wow he just got a point you know so I'm looking forward to the announcer you know announcing his name I might have told this story before probably on sportscasters maybe here but whatever so the announcer goes you know yell goal yell third goal you know his fifth of the season scored by number 24 Mike Doherty assisted by number 19 Jimmy Vesey Doherty from VC. Now 19 was my brother's number. 19 on Harvard was Jimmy VC. So for some reason, when he was writing down the, you know, 24 from 19, he accidentally wrote down the wrong player's name. Yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah. So then a few minutes later, he comes back on. He's like, correction on the L goal, assist by number 19, Anthony Day. But like uh, the moment was missed. Wrong. He he missed yeah. the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So that's kind of, kind of a bust. But whatever. I mean, I got to see my brother play at MSG. That was awesome. Uh, I've been to six Pearl Jam concerts there. Two and '03, um, and the one in '03 is often considered one of the best Pearl Jam shows of all time. Um, right up there with the show they played there in 1998, which I didn't see. But those are like two of the ones that get tossed around when you say what's the best show they ever played. Um, How about that? I want to add. One, are you done? I want to add one more thing, but only once you're finished. I'm yeah, I'm done. almost done. Uh, I saw them in okay. 03, uh, 2010. I saw them in 2008, two times each at the Garden. Um, and the, the last thing I want to do that I haven't there is I want to see Billy Joel before he ends the residency. So I'm going to try to plan to come. I got to. I got to add two things July. now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, I've seen Billy Joel there twice. Uh, once with Tim and once with uh, Soup and uh, his brother Jerry. One with Soup and Jerry was right around Christmas time, and Billy Joel was playing Christmas songs, and uh, that got heat out of Soup. Um, I, thought it was, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was cool. I thought well, like, he played one or two of them. I mean, not you played it all night long. Three at the most. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're seeing something no one else is going to see. You know what I mean? Like, but anyway, um, the uh, so the. Two Billy Joel shows I'll add in. And the one thing I wanted to add that I got to walk those hallways that you see Hulk Hogan coming down. Oh, that's sweet. you know to take title of the Iron yeah. Sheet because um, Tim uh, was nice enough to get us uh, at Tommy Lee's backstage party when I saw the crew there in 2014. So we were it was about you know maybe 30 people in in this little locker room area. He had candles lit and you know beer and everything, and uh, so you know you, you mingled at his. Uh, as party, but like you know, I don't want to make it you know in front of in front of all these people like looking at the, these hallways that Hulk walked down, but they look totally different. You know, they're all painted different now and stuff. But uh, I thought That's that was cool. kind of cool. Yeah. Where he turned the corner and walked down the hallway to start the greatest yeah. run in wrestling history. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's very cool. They did. They, I. I. I've, you know, this has been said also, but. They have his boots there now on display too. It's a, they have a really cool Hulk right. Hogan display. Yeah, I mean D'Amato uh, took a took a picture because uh, he was at. Yep. He was actually at the uh, Brian Adams concert I was at was last time I was there. I think it was in, around my birthday. I think it was in June, and uh, he actually came and he actually sat and he sat with us because uh, well, we were you know up a bit and it wasn't sold out and so he sat with me and my friends. Sweet. And we had a pretty cool time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a special place. You, you got to go there once before you die. You got to see something at the Garden. You know what I mean? So all right. Uh, Hulk's opponent on this night at the Garden is the Big Boss Man, 
Now, we've done him before, of course, but that was way back in episode, you know, five, I think. Uh, so, real quickly, we'll go over who Hulk is wrestling, and, you know, we'll do a quick. Uh, Ray Washington Trailer Jr., born May 2nd, 1963, Marietta, Georgia. He died September 22nd, 2004, only 41. Younger, wow. Younger than we are right now. That's crazy, Yeah, man. Dallas, Georgia. What a shame. Yeah. He was married in 89 He's... to Angela. He had two children. Um, six foot seven, 330 pounds, built from Cobb County, Georgia. Trained by Ted Allen. Debuted in 1985. Uh, wrestled under the names Big Boss Man, Boss Man, Big Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers, The Boss, The Guardian Angel, Ray Trailer, and War Machine. Um, he remember, was, remember to read those signs when you take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia. That's though. right. If you're going to a Braves game, the Braves Stadium is now in Cobb County. Is it? Read yeah. those damn signs. Yep. So especially, let's tell Chet. You know, yeah. Chet, a big Braves <laughs> fan. If you're going to go to a game, make sure you're focusing on the, the signage because if not, you're going to have to respect the law and order down there. Chet might be the, one of the most upstanding citizens, my friend. He, uh, he's a very respectful. I, I don't uh, doubt it. I'm, but if you're in Cobb yeah. County, it's a different level. Of you states. never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. He may, he may misread the sign. Right. You got to focus on that stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> um, he joined the uh, WWF in 1988. Um, and his first run lasted till 93. Uh, he joined as the big boss man, a character inspired by his previous career as a corrections officer. He actually did. Do that job at one point. Um, he wrestled as a heel. He was managed by Slick. Uh, and he would um, handcuff his opponents to the ropes and beat them with a nightstick or a ball and chain. Um, and uh, he had a bunch of great feuds. He formed the Twin Towers um, with Hakeem. And uh, he made a face turn at one point in 1990. Worked his face for a while. Had the jail match we and Paul talked about in 91. Uh, he went to WCW and stayed there for five years from 93 to 98. When he returned to WWF from 98 to 03, had that famous moment where he missed a cue and uh, Stone Cold had a rundown for him. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, Stone Cold tells that story all the time. Bossman was just to do a run in, and he missed it. So Stone Cold had to kind of save the day for him. He says it jokingly, like, you know. One that was the, cool that they brought him back in a big role. Like it that. was. It was really yeah. cool. I was really into it when he came back, just because he was. It was like you know, part of that earlier life coming back. Did they hang him or something in a steel cage? Yeah, they hung him on a cross, That's which it. wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I guess it was really the Undertaker symbol, but you know what they're doing. Yeah. He had two daughters. Um, he married his childhood sweetheart. He got in a really bad motorcycle accident in May of twenty. 2002 he hit a deer and it took him a year to recover I wouldn't be surprised if that's what led, led to the death yeah you know? and then you know Kurt Hunting died in 2003 which is a close friend of his and they're very close friends and that hurt him really badly I actually just met his daughter she was at uh, Tommy Fierro's uh, WrestleCon this year she, and she was healing it up a little bit on the mic nice yeah yeah she had a little, a little bit of dab in her that's awesome he died of a heart attack on September 24th 2004 at his home in Dallas Georgia According to the rest of the Observer, Trello and his family were visiting his sister at his home. And while his two daughters went upstairs to play, his wife, Angela, briefly left the room at about 10 p.m. and returned to find him dead on the sofa. He was 41 Jeez. years old. Oh, my God. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. 
His wife and daughters accepted the award on his behalf. Thank God, because I, I could picture for some reason him being one of the left outs. I don't know why, you know, in, in the vein of a Kamala or a King Kong Bundy, you know, he's in the uh, one man gang. He's, he's in the vein of those guys. But thank God he's in, you know? Absolutely. Well, rest well, in peace to um, the big boss man. All right. We're at that point of the show now where I take a break. Um, and my friend, I turn the mic over to my friend Hollywood, Dave Rollins, and he tells us where Hulk was in this yeah, time, brother. January of 1989 or thereabouts. Unfortunately, this is going to be uh, a little repetitive, like one of the when you put your old 45 record player machine on in 1984 and uh, you'd scratch it and it would skip and it all sound the same. So get ready. We're going to start on New Year's Day at the Palace of Auburn Hills, Michigan. As Hulk Hogan goes over the big boss man, no attendance, uh, no attendance listed. <laughs> they weren't there wrestling in an empty arena. Uh, January 2nd, 1989, Evansville, Indiana. At uh, the Rubstein Municipal Stadium, Hogan over the boss man, no attendance listed. November 3rd, Huntsville, Alabama, at the famous Von Braun Civic Center. At Superstars of Wrestling TV taping in the big dark match, Hulk Hogan goes over the big boss man. On a count out, once again, no attendance listed. January 4th, Birmingham, Alabama, the Wrestling Challenge taping the next night. Hogan over Bossman in the dark match, no attendance. January 8th, happy birthday, Elvis Presley. Charlotte Coliseum, a big house for Charlotte for the WWF, 13,500. Come to see the Hulk Hogan uh, defeat the big Bossman by, by a count out. They would do this really cool finish. Where Hogan would handcuff Bossman to the rope and clothesline him, and Bossman's feet would be on the on the floor, and and uh, he'd be handcuffed, and he'd get counted out that way. I thought that was a really cool finish. Not as cool as our 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 finish coming up uh, later, but uh, cool nonetheless. Uh, January thirteenth at the Boston Garden, thirteen thousand fans. Bossman over Hogan by DQ. Uh, mixing it up a little bit here, finally. January 15th, the big Royal Rumble at the Summit in Houston, Texas. Sold out 19,000. The Mega Powers, Macho Man Hulk Hogan and, and Randy Macho Man Savage are both in the Royal Rumble. And there is some dissension there when Hogan dumps Savage. Isn't it funny, Steve, how it's okay for Savage to be mad at Hogan for throwing him out? Oh, but of course. Sid, but Hulk's not allowed to be mad at Sid for throwing him out in 92. Bullshit. It's, it's a, a complete. I got written. I got written here in parentheses. Double standard. You know what I mean? Like, okay, which one? It's the same thing. Except that Savage didn't pull Hulk out. I mean, but close enough. Come on, that's a double standard if I ever saw one. Couple more. January sixteenth, Pensacola, Florida, seventy six hundred. Hogan over Bossman. January twentieth, Rosemont Horizon, only sixty two hundred. Uh, probably a cold, chilly, bad weather night in Chicago. Bossman over Hogan by DQ. January 21st, Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the arena. Hogan over Bossman. January 22nd, Omaha, Nebraska. Hang on, hang on real quick. That's where my brother played junior hockey, at the arena Sioux. in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Shout out to your brother, my man. January 22nd, Omaha, Nebraska, 9,280. This is Super Bowl Sunday, so this is a matinee. Uh, we may have had a match in front of an empty arena. As Hogan goes over the big boss man by countout, and the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl, I believe. 89, yep. Oh, okay. Over Denver. And then uh, 
over Denver. Then uh, we're on to our show, Jen, and what a show this is, and what a main event we will be talking about. 14,000, a couple thousand shy of a sellout here on MSG. And I remember uh, this one didn't air live. It's Hogan Boss, man. We're going to be covering this, by the way. It's very strange because almost all these MSGs aired live at this time. And I know it didn't because for two reasons. I remember watching it at my auntie and Uncle Tito's house. So it had to be a Friday night. And January 23rd, 89 was a Monday night. And the Monday night ones I'd watch home. And the major reason I know is that I own the TV guide from this week. <laughs> and it's listed on Friday night, January 27th, not the 23rd. And January of 89 would have been the 88 season. So they beat Cincinnati and beat Denver and actually in January of 90, which is the 89 season. So you can... 110% take your word on it. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely Cincinnati the first time around. And okay. the 88 season, the Super Bowl is actually played in 89. It's... Screws me up sometimes. Um, all right. Very good. Good job, Dave. Let's take a break. We'll be right back, and we're going to go through the January of 1989 card at Madison Square Garden. Podcast. We are back. Madison Square Garden is the arena. Hulk Hogan versus Big Boss Man is the main event. But first, it's time to read the news. It is January of 1989, and the New York State Transit Fair is going up, baby. It was nice to be able to put a regular dollar bill in there and be done with it, but it's now a dollar fifteen. So find a nickel and find no. a dime. Like that's what's really upsetting about a price range like that. Price range like that. It's not the fifteen cents; it's the convenience of a dollar versus a dollar fifteen. You know, inconvenience. Yeah, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It slows everything down, you know. All right. January 2nd is the day for all the big bowl games this year. Number one, Notre Dame beats number three, West Virginia, to win the national title at the Fiesta Bowl. And I believe that is the last time they've won the national championship. 
Uh, Miami beat Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. Florida State beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. In the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Michigan beat Cal or USC, Southern Cal, uh, 22 to 14. So tough loss for OJ alumni federation. Oh boy. Sorry, Tim. Shout out to Tim. Yeah. OJ was, uh, surely on the rampage that night. But watch a lot of OJ documentaries on YouTube lately. Yeah. The juice. He's loose. Juice is loose, baby. All right. January 4th, George H.W. And he's on TikTok. He is on TikTok, yep. <laughs> and Twitter. Uh, January 4th, yeah. George H.W. Bush is the first sitting vice president since Millard Fillmore in 1850 to declare himself president of the United States. Okay. First presidents also throw up on national television, right? Yeah. On, on the Japanese leader, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder if um, um, Lardass had anything to do with that from Stand By Me. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Good film. January 5th, baseball signs a $400 million deal with ESPN showing 175 games in 1990. I watched a lot of those games, I'm sure, as a kid. I used to love watching baseball on ESPN in the summer. That probably took off uh, AWA and world class. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're out of money. It sounds but... right for the right right time time frame too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is big. This is big news. Actually, we got two of them back to back. January eighth, Forty Second Street closes at Winter Garden Theater after three thousand four hundred eighty six performances. On the same day, a sad day as well. Starlight Express closes at the Gershwin Theater after only seven hundred sixty one performances. Yeah, hopefully they stay closed and stay out of our news. And a big day in my childhood on January 8th, the Buffalo Bills lost to the Cincinnati Bengals at Riverfront Stadium 21-10 to in the AFC Championship game. And I remember this day just because it was the first real season of my lifetime the Bills were any good. I wasn't a Bills fan. I was a big Sabres fan. I hated the Bills. I was a Saints fan at this point. And, but when the Bills are good like this, the whole city is crazy. I just, I didn't want to leave my room. I remember at this point, uh, I thought for sure they're going to go to the Super Bowl and win it. It was going to be the worst time of my life. You were definitely a big heel that day. I was, but they lost twenty-one ten to Boomer and the Bengals. Uh, and at Soldier Field that day, the Forty ers beat the Bears twenty-eight to three to set up the Forty uh, ers Bengals Super Bowl later in the month. Uh, January 9th, the Pat Sajak show. Premieres on CBS. Didn't last long, but believe it or not, Pat is still hosting that damn Wheel of Fortune show to this day. Now, would you take the Pat Sajak show over the Chevy Chase show? Yeah, probably. Yeah? Yeah. Close one, though. It's a tough one. January 9th, Johnny Bench and Kyle Ryostromsky are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. All right, January 10th. This is one for you, Dave. L.A. King Center blank becomes the NHL's all-time leading scorer in combined regular season and playoff points with four assists and a 5 done home win over Edmonton, bringing his total to 2011, one more than Gordie Howe. Who is the blank? Well, I, you know, I only know two or three hockey players. That's all you Wayne need to Gretzky. know for this one. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. yeah. I gave you an easy one there. Um, <laughs> January 11th, Dave's cousin from the Bronx is caught with a loaded handgun at, a Bron- at school. Hmm. 
you got a cousin in the Bronx back then that got busted? Actually, I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they got busted. They were uh, actually related to Uncle Tito. Oh, there you go. Uh, we call them cousins. Uh, they don't seem to be the type to do something like that. No, but you just it says never here know. it was them. It says Uncle Tito's relatives right on there. Oh, there you go. All right. On the, on the, on the info here. We're still out there, too. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here going on? Kind of a slow month, it seems like. Must have been cold. Those plays, people, they weren't putting yeah, their the, fur the coats on. went out. Yeah. Uh, January 14th, 29-year-old French woman gives birth to sex tuplets in Paris. Dave, how many kids are sex tuplets? Sex tuplets? Yep. Sex. Like sex tuplets. Sex, like yep. Six? Sex tuplets is... How many siblings is six offspring? Yep. Okay. Yep, six sex tuplets. Imagine if you were part of a sex tuplet. I feel bad for the I feel bad for the mother and her vagina. Oh, fact check time. Dave, you say if it's right or wrong. I got a WWF story. January fifteenth, Big John Stud wins WWF second Royal Rumble. Correct. I Correct. mean Yeah, they're usually not it's their, they're, I mean it's they're hit or just, miss. It's the second Royal Rumble as an event. Right, yeah, we're I'm not, not going to we're not going to nitpick yeah. them about yeah. some yeah. house show no. problem. No, that's right. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're going to give that one to them. Um, uh, January sixteenth, the fifth Soap Opera Digest Awards. The big winner, Dave, Days of Our Lives. Poor uh, Susan Lucci, a part of that. Her famous thing was the uh, the the Daytime Emmy Awards, where she was uh, nominated every year and never won until she finally won. Finally won. All right, January 18th, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has some inductees. You ready for the class? No, but I'll take it. All right, it's the fourth class. I'm not a big fan. It's the fourth set of uh, inductees. Dion from Run Around Sioux fame. You know, I'll hey, take that. Hey. I'll take that. And twice on Sunday. Yep, love Dion. Uh, this guy's sitting on the dock of the bay, Dave. Otis Redding. Otis Redding. My cousin Jackie's damn ringtone for about 25 years. Good song, but holy Sitting shit. on the morning yeah. sun. Yeah. Uh, the Rolling Stones, little band from England you may have heard of. You may have. Yeah. Never seen them at the Garden, always Giant Stadium. I saw them at Pittsburgh's baseball stadium, PNC Park. All right. Uh, uh, the Temptations. Another great one. Uh, Stevie. They may take them three times on Sunday. Stevie Wonder. Great. The Ink Spots. Never heard of them. Me neither. Bessie Smith. Mm. The Soul Stirs. The Soul Stirs, brother. Come on. That should have been the name of Hulk Survivor Series team that year. And Phil Spector. All right. Uh, Phil Spector says what? They got a little, little cute at the end there with that class. Yeah. Yeah, at the end there. Sorry. It was up, 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 up. and Yeah, this, this yeah, guy... A little, yeah. cute, a little cute, <laughs> I thought. Uh, January 19th, President Reagan gives a pardon to George Steinbrenner for illegal funds he donated to Nixon. Uh, How about that? Yeah. January 20th, George H.W. Bush inaugurated as the 41st president, and Dan Quayle becomes the 44th vice president. I remember coming home for lunch that day and that being on TV. E- did they show it in school too? I definitely saw it home at lunch at lunchtime. They may have rolled the TV in for it too. Yeah. In third grade. How about you? 
I like the dynamic that you went home for lunch during school. Like you would oh, leave yeah. your school. Yeah, we did. I never was at a school like that. Did they? They wouldn't let you out, or you just didn't go out. I don't. Th- I I do not remember being let out of school. Remember. No, I yeah, I, no, I, we... I I I don't know anyone who did that. So no, I don't think so. Once in a blue moon, I I have to stay if there's going to be nobody around or you know something. But uh, you know, because they did have the cafeteria, but it was like fifty fifty. You know, how long did you have? Like, how much time did you have? Oh God, I think we got out at like five to twelve, and maybe had to be. But we'd go, we like kind of eat and run, so you go back and play in the schoolyard. You know what I mean? But I don't think we had to be back in until one o'clock. She so had an hour, so a bit hour five, yeah, something like that. And but how long did it get you to get? How long did it take you to get there? Oh my God, to get home, um, four minutes. Okay, yeah, that's wild. That's a culture yeah. I just. I thought by yeah, the time I, we were in I, school, I, I it was gone, got into you know? Growing Pains. This TV show would uh, show repeats at noon on channel, on cha- an ABC, Channel 7. And that's how I got into that show on my, my lunch uh, lunch breaks. All right, Dave, get your hockey player bag out. Oh, no. Pittsburgh center blank becomes just the second player in NHL history to score 50 goals in less than 50 games. His 50th goal coming in the 44th game as the Penguins lose 7-3 to the Jets in Winnipeg. Mario Lemieux. You got it. He's on fire, baby. Uh, January 20th, Ronald Reagan becomes the first U.S. president elected in a zero year since 1840 to leave office alive. Hmm. So, like, for example, in the previous one to do it would have been Kennedy in 60, who didn't leave alive because he was assassinated. assassinated. Unfortunately. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? January 22nd, Super Bowl 23 at Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami. San Francisco 49ers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20 to 16. The MVP of that Super Bowl was wide receiver. Steve Young. No, he's a quarterback. Um, I thought Joe Montana is a quarterback. He was as well. Montana was the quarterback on this team. I don't think Young was on the team yet at this point. All right, all right. Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah, I know who that is. Uh, Also that day after winning his third Super Bowl. You should have given me a hint. His name said Ryan. It's like a food. Okay. His head head coach, Bill Walsh. Chinese food. (laughs) San Francisco 49ers, Bill Walsh retired after winning his third Super Bowl that day as well. Went on to coach Stanford for a little bit. Um couple more and we'll get out of here january 24th a sad day for dave uh the first reported case of aids transmitted by heterosexual oral sex was reported oh my goodness yes very sad nothing to do with tarantulas though that's wild that's wild (laughs) not those tarantulas uh january 25th michael jordan scores his 10,000th nba point in just his five his fifth season um, Madison Square Garden on January 26th announces a two-year, $100 million renovation plan that conflicted with many WWF shows. During the re- reboot that the guys did, often they would have to find alternate shows to feature in the summer because the WWF wasn't in the garden because they were renovating. Yeah, so you got one of those place to be. You guys had it, not you, I don't know, some, but one of you guys had it mixed up. They renovated in uh, 89 and 90. Uh, you were sit- they were saying that it was o- over by 90. 88, they had the whole the whole summer at the Garden, and 91, they had the whole summer. Well, they didn't even announce it until January 26th of 89, so I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, let's see. What else do we got here? I'm sure that would have been um, Scott's territory anyway. Yeah, it was, I think it was him. <laughs> uh, January Sorry, 28th, the 46 Golden Globes. Rain Man wins for movie. And Dustin Hoffman and Jodie Foster uh, win for acting. What was Jodie Foster's movie, Dave? We know Rain Man was Dustin Hoffman. What was Jodie Foster doing that year? Oh, Steel Magnolias. I, I guess. I think I got to double check the date, but I think it's the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, really? I would think Anthony. I mean, she's a female. She was the female in Silence of the Lambs. I never. I never really saw Silence of the Lambs like all the way through. Unfortunately, I should. I should watch it. Yeah. Did you see? I Hannibal? should watch that. No, I've never really seen any of those, and I, I like. They're, I, I, I mean, I'm a horror guy, but are they like very slow moving? They're not slasher films. I mean, that's for sure. You know, I mean, I, The Shining's my favorite movie of all time, and a lot of people call that slow moving. So I can't really say I don't wouldn't like it because it's slow moving. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I I think it's I mean really good. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Personally, uh, I was way off with the Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Ray, uh, it was actually The Accused. Uh, was Jodie Foster's movie. Uh. Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man, uh, Rain Man won for drama. Working Girl won for comedy or musical over Big. What a bust! Listen to the listen to the movies for best comedy or musical. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Midnight Run, A Fish Called Wanda, Big, and Working Girl. Midnight Run's great. What a movie that is! So many good, better movies than yeah. Working Girl. Oh yeah, I never heard of it. Harrison Ford, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver picture. I met one once, but uh, that's yeah. another story. Uh, best performance in a comedy or musical, Tom Hanks as Josh Baskin wins. Uh, Melanie Griffin from Working Girl. Um, uh, best director, Clint Eastwood. Uh, oh, listen to this, Paula. Best original score, Two Hearts by Phil Collins. There you go. Won the award. Look at that, baby. How about that? Why don't you give up? I just, and I just listened to that story the other night. Give so a few bars of two hearts. Go ahead. Two hearts. <laughs> Living in just one night together forever till the end of time. <laughs> good job. All right. Very good. All right. And let's get out of here on what? How about the American Music Awards? Let's uh, do it. January 30th, the 16th. American Music Awards. Uh, the winners on that night are Randy Travis and George Michael. Let's find out more specifically uh, the winners on that night. We have uh, favorite pop rock male artist George Michael, uh, female pop rock artist Whitney Houston, pop rock band duo or group Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine, favorite pop Rock single, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. All right. Favorite pop rock album, Dirty Dancing. Soundtrack. In 89? Yep. Because they're giving the awards on January 30th, yeah. 89, for the year before. I, I, I thought it was 87. I could be wrong. Uh, no. Sometimes sometimes these albums are so, so if it comes out late And in the year probably and... like a single, you might give it for when yeah, the singles yeah, like, are released. Right, right. Um... Uh, Favorite soul R&B artist, George Michael again. Whitney again for female. See if there's anything else interesting. Favorite soul R&B album, George Michael again. George Michael crushed it. Favorite country male artist, Randy Travis. 
He won a bunch. Favorite hard rock and heavy metal band? You want to try to guess? Guns N' Roses? They won for album as well. <coughs> not Guns N' Roses. Oh, it's not Guns N' Roses? And Okay, Feel Good wasn't out yet. Crew, crew has won American Music Awards, but Feel Good wasn't out yet. A huge, uh, huge, huge album. Like 20 million plus sold. Something about uh, Van Halen? Oh, you they were two? nominated, and Guns N' Roses were nominated. This is the winner, though. So, so Many two. hit singles. Oh, Hysteria. Hysteria. And again, there, there you go. That's that, that answers our question about what we were talking about with Dirty Dancing. That came out in 87. Uh, but it just kept going on and on and on and on. Yeah. yeah. Favorite. Yeah. Ra- all the rap awards were won by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Uh, and yeah. the award of achievement was by Michael Jackson. I heard a story about how that was he basically gave that award to himself like <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't come basically unless they gave him that award and he kind of made it up uh, I'll take it yeah big so. Michael fan all right that is the news for January of 1989 all right we are back uh, Madison Square Garden January of 1989 probably a lot of people in the stands Christmas presents maybe uh, tickets to this event I would think so um, Rod and Al are on the call tonight. Well, I hated that. I mean, I, I mean, nothing against Rod Trongard, but it was almost a blessing in disguise. I enjoyed watching this show so much. Some of the MSG shows I know by heart. Like I would, I'll still watch them for the podcast, but some I wouldn't even need to from '86 and '87 because of Gorilla. Yep, you, you, Gor- keep, you turn Rod. You see Ron, you turn it off. Yeah, and Gorilla hardly did anything in 88 and 89 in the Garden for some reason. And so these ones I don't never really rewatch too many times. So it kind of made me enjoy it more, like not being knowing everything that's coming next and remembering every finish. So uh, old Ron, Rod, Rod Trongard being there uh, helped me that way. Many of the matches tonight appeared on Primetime Wrestling later in the year. I'll note that when it occurs. And our first night, Dave, is a perfect Madison Square Garden curtain jerker. First of all, we got a sub. Rick Martel was supposed to be here. He's not. Sam Houston subs in his place, and he pins Danny Davis at 939 with a bulldog. Any thoughts on this one, Dave? You know, uh, this is kind of a callback match because they had their feud in late 87 into 88. Then it kind of went away. They were both kind of curtain jerking with other other guys but here they are back again working together in 89 i think it was a bad little match rod called it a uh he called the bulldog a ddt you know and uh at the end but uh you know i thought it was a it was a good opener davis looked working pretty good he got some heel work there and uh you know the crowd was uh into it uh, sam houston never really my cup of tea i don't understand why i didn't come why a guy does a two-step came out to no music Unless I just couldn't hear it, I don't know. I'm <laughs> no, I was listening. I think you're right. Yeah, um, but I guess the music man screwed up on that one. But um, yeah, I remember as a kid not being a big Sam Houston guy. My aunt used to tease me about it because she liked him, and I was just like, "This guy, what the fuck?" You know, yeah. I don't know something about him. And I remember but, being uh, blown away when I found out he's related to Jake. Years, yeah, later. yeah, yeah, years later. Yeah, I didn't. I certainly didn't know it at the time, but. Um, I, I thought this match was all right. Yeah, I, it was for I, I, what I it was. I was surprised it was by it. Yeah. A little long. I don't know if these guys need nine minutes and 39 yeah. seconds, but that yeah, was definitely better than I thought. I thought it was one of the best Davis matches. I mean, not sure. counting when you got the Bulldogs in the match with him or something, but, you know, 
Uh, it was a pretty good, pretty good match. Yeah. Not bad. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, the next match aired on primetime, 213.89. Uh, Mr. Perfect de- defeats Brutus Beefcake via countout at 929 when Perfect came off the apron with a double axe handle as Beefcake was distracted by Ron Bass at ringside who attempted to steal Beefcake's scissors. It also appeared on the best of the WWF Volume 19 Coliseum Home video. Thoughts on this one? I love this. and it, it, this, this reminds me of um, with Vince McMahon saw the Hart Foundation in uh, Los Angeles Sports Arena uh, Saturday Night Spain event, November of 86, when they first wore their pink, pink and black. And he stopped in the hallway and looked at them. And he goes, I always keep you guys, hold you guys strong. But I always knew there was something missing, and it's color. And there it is. Keep that. So it brings me to this. I didn't dig Mr. Perfect. I liked his vignettes and stuff. But before he got his singlet, before that color, that pop, I think that singlet and that fluorescent was just as important as the Perfect Plex to him. So I was surprised that he got this this win at, at the time, you know, when I was in third grade. Surprised he's got the win, this win over Brutus, because I just thought he was just a, the way he looked. He was very vanilla looking, and um, but great vignettes, but he didn't have that color yet. And seeing Bass came out, I love how he had the baseball cap on, and I thought I had forgotten that he he had sucking around uh, after the uh, Saturday Night's Main Event head, head shaving on, on uh, New Year's weekend. Yeah, and uh, he stuck around for a while here, and. Um, a guy, I don't know if him and Brutus were still doing a circuit together. I, I don't think so. Maybe a couple more matches. But uh, he's 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 out the door in uh, February or March for sure, uh, Big Outlaw. But, um, yeah, I see him perfect without, you know, in a big match like this. Usually I would, you'd see him in the AWA tights, like fighting Jim Brunzel at the Meadowlands. You know, these matches just to, to build him up. But now he's in a big match with a huge superstar. And I think he was missing that color. Do you think that color added? Yeah, to- you might be onto something there. He does. He looks yeah. less generic. Looks more important. Yeah, it just, not that he wouldn't have still had a great career because he would have, but something about it. It just once he once he put on that fluorescent green and fluorescent orange, whatever you want to call it, even a black one. Yeah, it made it, him look it, more it important. I think changed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 stood out to me. And this is definitely his biggest test. I think the uh, Rod Trongard even said it. This is his biggest test to date by far. By far, uh, with uh, Brutai in there, and uh, a lot of action. I, I love love the finish, the call back to this feud, and him, him not just coming out, outlawed, not just coming out with the with um, the bald head. With a, he had his wrestling gear on and a, and a baseball hat. Gotta love stuff like that. Yeah, nice subtle touch. I thought it was great yeah. too. I love Perfect. I love watching him bump around in there. He's so good. Uh, I thought Beefcake. There's not a lot of beefcake matches where I'm like, I want to watch. He was great here too. I thought really good. Um, this was '89 uh, was his year. Yeah, he, he's good here. He's got found his groove. The character's over. Really good. Nothing but good things to say about that. One of my favorites on the card, uh, for oh, yeah. sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Primetime wrestling, the January 30th '89 for this one. I definitely didn't need to see it twice or ever again. Tim Horner pinned Jose Estrada. At 8.15 with a reverse roll-up into a bridge. Too long. Too boring. I just don't care about either of these guys. I'm sorry. wasn't for me. Did you like it better than that? No. no. I mean, it was just um, one of those Madison Square Garden. Yeah, just Madison, whatever. Tiger Chung League. Yep. It's Brad Rangins. You know, the same old stuff. Just a little bit of filler. Fill out the card. 
It's funny that it was Jose Estrada because I thought I saw Jose Luis Rivera patting Brutus on the back on his way down the aisle. And instead, he doesn't have a match, and it's Jose Estrada, unless i mistaken Jose Luis for somebody else. But people are patting Brutus on the back as he was coming down, coming out the tunnel like I was talking about. I was with Tommy Lee uh, at the Garden, and it was Jose Luis Rivera. And here you have the other conquistador coming off of his big Survivor Series 88 in a match with Tim Horner. A lot of fresh, a lot of guys from NWA and different different territories coming in around this time. Ron Garvin, Tim Horner, Tony Schiavone comes a little little bit after this. The Brain Busters are still sort of new, it, you know. Kurt Henning from the AWA, you know, sort of new still. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of change. When a lot of our guys, Morocco, JYD, Ken Patera, are being pushed, you know, pushed away pushed out for a new you know a new regime but killer bees pushed out you know sure. new regime here uh. well this is really good i think one of my favorite things from here brett hart fought the honky-tonk man with jimmy hart to a double count out at 1204 with both men brawling on the floor the crowd love this Speaking uh, of the uh, speaking of the crowd, uh, that girl I don't know if you noticed a redheaded girl was dancing and singing to the Honky Tonk Man song when he was coming down the aisle. They they focused the camera right on her and she was getting down singing every word. That's the girl that found the tape of Bret Hart against Tom McGee. Oh, that yeah, that's her. I got her name escaping me right now. Where'd she find that, it? Yeah, the, she has. She just she, had she it. got to. She got to know Brett. It's on the WWE Network. I know. I've, I've, I've yeah. watched it. I don't remember the whole story, though. She got to know Brett and with the tape tradings and, and whatever, this and that. And um, and somehow she wound up with it. And finally, uh, as the Internet started talking about it, she says, hey, I have this. And I, I, I guess the WWE, I would hope, paid her. And uh, and she uh, released it to them. And we got that that really cool documentary. Well, it's, a, it. it's a great job by Jimmy in this match. Kind of just... Uh, Hall of Fame performance by him, rallying the crowd up on the mic, the stalling that they do, uh, building heat, really well done, really good stuff. Maybe some of the best uh, Bret Hart single stuff so far. Honky Tonk's offense maybe is a little weak at times. I don't get too critical of that. He is who he is. Honky Tonk. Heat, brother, heat. I thought it was a good three, three and a half star match. If you talk about all the heat they're building, Jimmy with his Hall of Fame work, Bret with his excellent execution. This is up my alley. I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, Honky is one of the guys that took one of the biggest downfalls after losing a belt, maybe in WWF, in our era history. You know, he really went down the card. I mean, you rematched him with the Warrior, but no chance of winning. But uh, I would still say at this time he's Jimmy's top dog, right? At this day, he had the Rougeos, Valentine. And Honky now, missing yeah. somebody. No, he's Earthquake definitely. wasn't there yet, you know? So, yeah, so this is like Brett, you know, after the falling out with Jimmy, taking on his, his his top, Jimmy's still top dog here in Honky. So this is this is a really big match on paper. It was really good. Yeah, the crowd was into it. It's hot. And it was always that, like, hokey pokey game with, with Brett. You know what I mean? Is he going to be a big single star? Or are you going to put him back with the anvil? Is he gonna, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this went on three or four times. You know, until finally he uh, captured the Intercontinental uh, title, but uh, always, always so over uh, the Hitman. I'm, I'm, I love that Mr. Perfect match, SummerSlam '91. So in hindsight, I'm glad it went that way. No, that's but one I of think, my favorite matches of all yeah, time. Yeah, right. 
but but uh, I think Brett, um, a guy I don't want to use this word because I hate it with wrestling fans, but I think he quote unquote deserved the push earlier. Yeah, I can't believe can't believe yeah. I just said that word. Ugh, ugh. He just deserved to be bigger sooner. Yeah, yeah. No, but you know what I mean. That chant. Yeah. Uh, you deserve it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Could have done it sooner. Uh, Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard defeated Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti at 16-14. When Blanchard pinned Gennetti after Anderson swept Gennetti's foot out during an attempted suplex, held the laces of his boots down during the cover. This was the MSG debut for Anderson and Blanchard, and it appears on Shawn Michaels' Heartbreak and Triumph DVD, which I have across the room over there. For whatever, this is when I would buy anything they put out that was even touching my era. Mm-hmm. I bought that one. This match is fucking awesome, though. Um, I, I like the match. I don't like the finish. Okay, what don't you like about the finish? Well, even Bobby Heenan holding the Ultimate Warrior's boot down at WrestleMania Five for Rude to pin him. Why can't you lift your shoulder when someone's holding? Uh, you know, suspension of disbelief. You can well, do it because maybe theoretically with the they're pinning the shoulder and he's holding the foot, so they don't have anywhere to get any leverage. I guess, but 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 the tassel. That's pushing it a little bit, <laughs> you know, the little skinny little, it's like a shoe, it's holding, someone's holding my shoelace down, you know what I mean? Aaron's supposed to be such a ring general, you know, and all that, but yeah, yeah good match. Yeah. Good match. Yeah, brain busters aren't, you know what I mean? I mean, I'll catch heat for this. Just, I like them, but I don't love them. They're not my style. They're vanilla and uh, great wrestlers. <laughs> I, but I, I think this is a, Bobby. A, Bobby a very, wasn't there. This is a very Dave thing of you to say. Because you have a very tight window of what you do and don't like. And if anything is somehow perceived to be outside of that window, you don't like it. Right. You'll make an exception here or there. You'll be like, I don't like it, but I like this. Yeah. It's perfect. Like, a perfect state in those tights. If these guys stayed, if these guys started in the the WWF instead of WCW, I think we're having a different conversation right now. It could be. Could be. I Um, love when Hulk double clotheslines him out of the Rumble. Uh, you know, it was just a pretty much right out of the company, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. No, no, they were just come, pretty much just coming in still. Um, I, I, this is four stars for me all day. I loved it. I love watching these guys do tag team wrestling and work. I thought it was really fun. I thought they told a really good story, really good heat. I'm not gonna nitpick a a leg being no, held t- down. Tully's at, not at really. Show. Tully's not vanilla. I'll take that back for Tully. He's got a personality on him. You know, Arn always bugged me a little bit. I don't know something about I just, uh, all the flare ass kissing and stuff. I, I don't know. You just perceive them as the enemy of what you like. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that's what it is. But I, I like Arn. You know, just, I just <laughs> I, I don't see the big to do that everybody. You know, when you got the fucking British Bulldogs and demolition. You know what I mean? But um, it is what it is. I like all those guys too. I don't need to <laughs> yeah. like one or not the other. Um, all right, next match was on the two thirteen eighty nine. Primetime Rick Rude pinned Hillbilly Jim with the Rude Awakening at the eight-minute mark. Um, <laughs> Hillbilly Jim in eight minutes is a stretch, uh, but I thought they had a little bit of fun. Uh, I thought Rude was really good in this, uh, and it was certainly a step down from the last couple matches, um, but there's nothing particularly wrong with it or anything like that. It's a very fine and decent match, maybe even one of Hillbilly Jim's better stuff. I thought it was pretty good overall. Like a I found it sad. Sad uh, in, what, in what way? Any any of those guys uh, from the cartoon 
the first guys that were around when I got into wrestling, the first baby faces, JYD, Hillbilly, Tito, Snooka, Steamboat wasn't in the cartoon, but I'll, 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 I'll put him in that category. Of course, Hulk Hogan. When, when they start jobbing them out, well, not Hulk Hogan, but the rest of them, they start jobbing them out, it, it, it started getting, it, it was sad. You know what I mean? Rude absolutely should have won this match. He's going into WrestleMania to win the Intercontinental title. But uh, I always still, like, considered them, like, the Hillbilly, JYD, Tito, Steamboat, Snooka, of course, Hulk, my, my favorites, because they were my first favorites. So it's kind of sad seeing, it's really sad seeing Snooka and Santana uh, job out, but even with Hillbilly, but you know, not the best wrestler in the world. I don't know. I think job out is strong just because you lose. This is one thing I don't like, and I'm surprised you don't like it. Just because you win or lose doesn't mean you're jobbing out in wrestling. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Hillbilly's, he could have hooked the overalls or something. Hillbilly's that really strong him. in the match here. Rude sells his ass off for him. I mean, Rude bumps all around the ring for him. Um, I just I, think he should have held the overalls. Would have made me feel a little better. Oh, God. <laughs> You're on one tonight. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was really good. I thought it was one of Jim's best uh, matches that yeah, I can remember. I don't like these clean these clean finishes. I, it hurts. It hurts a guy. It hurts. It's a house know, show. Nobody saw it, but the house show. Yeah, that's what. Okay. <laughs> I think his credibility was hurt zero in this match, personally. Uh, but we can agree to disagree. That's fine. All right. Yeah. All right what's next? Uh, next up is something else. Dave's probably not going to like. Um, Hercules and DiBiase is next. Um, any thoughts on on uh, on this match going? Well, into they're two it? of my they're they're two of my guys. Okay, they're you two like WWF? You like guys? both of these guys? Yeah. All right, Dave's in on these guys, uh, yeah. which is good. And uh, this one was not on TV or anything. Hercules defeats DiBiase with Virgil via reverse decision. DiBiase originally won the match for a pinfall at twelve forty one with his feet on the ropes. But the referee overruled the call and gave the win to Hercules after Virgil, who was barred from ringside for the duration of the contest, attacked Hercules after the bout, prior to the decision being made. Hercules cleared DiBiase and Virgil out of the ring after DiBiase accidentally closed line Virgil when Hercules smartly moved out of the way. What did you think about the finish here? Uh, I liked it. I, I, um, I, I was surprised seeing Hercules. But again, the feet were on the ropes. Okay, so I'm cool with it. There's, there's, he has an out. He has a, he, you know, there's, he's, but he got his heat back too. They just turned him face. You, you're not going to be getting pinned. They didn't give him the, the light blue tights yet. He didn't have his music. He didn't even have music yet. So it still almost looked like the bad guy Hercules. But um, I don't know. Honestly, as a face, I don't really think he he, he had it in him to be. Yeah, a he wasn't. He wasn't a great face. No, he was not. You know, same with Patera. A couple, couple of these guys, or or even Orndorff. How good it's, he was better than these two, but he, he still was a little rough on the face side side of things. But I like how Virgil came in when the match was over. You know what I mean? So maybe they shouldn't have had that uh, reverse decision because the match was over. You know? Yeah, referee so, disagreed, um, I guess. Justin makes yeah. a good point in his commentary here. He says, let's see if you agree or disagree with this. He says, it has been a nice feud, but Herc's face run isn't going to go far. If he can't really even get a real win on DiBiase here, and that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Fair comment, but um, no, I thought this was real. I thought this was good as well. I thought you really see the pro that Ted DiBiase is here when he's got this much time to work and this much time to lead and kind of control the ring and do the things he does in this match. I think are really, really good. I had a real appreciation just for how good, um, 
how good he really was kind of when watching this. Uh, you know, hats off to DiBiase. What a, what a oh, pro. top dog, man. Yeah, what yeah, a pro yeah. and a star. And yeah, I guess yeah, maybe I, I disagree with Justin a bit. I, I, I don't know if I can see DiBiase laying down clean either. Maybe a DQ with Herc wins. Or, wait, wait, that's actually what did happen. Or just or, or just win in some way. I mean, that's the referee. Count out. Yeah, the referee yeah. basically getting you gifted him the win here. You know what yeah, I mean? I see, see. I think I have the mindset of whoever the of the Pat Patterson, Mr. McMahon, the that the wrestling fans of today hate. I don't like clean clean finishes unless it's WrestleMania or you know something big like that where they want clean finishes every night. Then you end up with fifty fifty booking. No, and that's you end fair. Up with wrestling, that's fair. Too. And you end up with wrestling sucking like it has for the past fifteen years. Right, but you, know? you can't you can't just do DQs in at a house show, a self contained house show. I'm hook the tights. Is not, is There's got to be no. some ma- some one, two, three pinfalls, no? They have the feet on the ropes for levers or hooking to the tights, that kind of shit. Yeah, I'm if cool the heel ones. If the heel ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. I don't want the face winning that way. All right. No, 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 no. All right, last match before the big one. Uh, Tito pinned Ron Bassett 635 with a roll-up after Bassett came distracted by Brutus Beefcake at ringside and brought with him on the floor before Bush ca- Beefcake Pushed him back inside the ring. Thoughts on this one? They had a really good match in 87 at the Garden, the summer of 87. Tito and Outlaw, Rob Bass, a hidden gem. Uh, if you want to look back on that, I think it's, I don't know if it's July or August card. I think it's August, August 87. August 87. Yeah. And um, uh, this one's not as good as that, but I'm always happy to see Tito. Always happy to see him uh, victorious. And Outlaw, Rob Bass, with that crew cut, got this giant bald spot now. When he had hair, didn't he not, was, didn't he have a full head of hair? Or am, I, am I mistaken here? No, I don't think so. Maybe not, but maybe just the kind of hair he had. Maybe just covered yeah. it. All right, because now it's like a bald man, like because like, it was the, the haircut was growing in. From personal experience, or not, I might be pondering this, these questions of maybe growing long hair, and we could change some things around. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, this is this is uh, yeah, this is probably Outlaw's last. God, it's got to be one of his last TV. Uh, TV matches. He probably had a couple couple more things on primetime in February. I don't even know if he goes into March uh, or, or not. I was surprised to even see him here tonight. All right. It's the big main event. It's Hulk Hogan versus Boss Man. A huge rematch from November as Boss Man is still looking to take Hulk for, out for good. Huge pop for Hogan, as always, as he powers out. Uh, we get some sawing to start as the ref demands Slick go to the floor. And that the nightstick be cleared from the ring. Hogan unloads with right hands and drops Bossman with a clothesline to get us going. Slick comes in, but Hulk shoves him to the corner and then hits a sweet back suplex on the big boss man. Hogan snags the cuffs and locks Slick to the post and then paint brushes his head. The crowd is revved up, going wild, house of fire. As Hulk moves down, big boss man and drops elbows before mocking Slick's dancing, which was great. I popped for that. And slapping him in the face. Hulk easily slams Bossman and then kicks him before heading back out to slap Slick again. Hogan keeps the assault on in the ring, but eventually gets caught with his head down and eats an awkward clothesline. Bossman buries Hogan with a stiff pile driver and things have turned quite suddenly. Bossman unlocks Slick and then works over Hogan with a calm power beating. Slick sneaks in some choking as well and then Bossman rattles Hulk with a spine buster. 
Hulk survives and shoves, bo- shoves Boss Man to the floor and then chases Slick around before walking right into a side slam. Boss Man fouls with a splash for two, but Hogan blows out of it and Hulk's up. Hogan clotheslines Boss Man outside, but Boss Man pulls him out and shoves him into the post. Boss Man cuffs Hulk's hands together and slides in as Hogan beats the count, but the big man keeps punching and back raking away. Hogan whips Boss Man into the corner and ends up crotched on top. Hogan breaks the cuffs to a big pop, takes down Boss Man and drops the leg, but stops the count at two. Instead, Hulk goes out and gets the nightstick. Hogan clocks the ref to draw the DQ as Big Boss Man and Slick scamper off. Hogan poses with Slick's hat on after. Interesting finish to keep things boiling, but a hell of a match. That's a good shine for Boss Man and a dose of revenge for Hulk. Strong main event. Hot pace. Lots of fun spots. Justin gave it three and a half. I'm going to give it four and a quarter. Uh, really, really, really good main event. Dave, your thoughts? Before I get to uh, my thoughts, uh, when Howard announced the next card, he gave away Macho Man's heel turn on the main event uh, the next week, February 3rd, when he announced that Macho Man's facing the Ultimate Warrior in the main event. <laughs> I remember you, you knew the mega, you kind of knew it was coming anyway. So, but then once he said that, it's like, yeah, all right, you know, on, on this main event, we're getting we're getting our heel, savage heel turn, you know, that without a without question now. So uh, there's that. But uh, the match, I was smiling. I haven't seen the match, so I could not wipe the smile off my face for an hour after turning this match off. Hulk Hogan is a maniac. He's like a nutcase who's a nice guy, but don't piss him off. The character, but don't piss him off. You know, he's out of his mind. I, 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 I just, I don't actually, he just knows when to do things at the right time. His timing is, is incredible with, with the crowd. It's just, it's so, breaking those cuffs. If Gorilla was on commentary, he was saying, God, God and Jesus helped him break those, those cuffs because he was looking up like that. I think Trongard missed the point, the point on that, not just his power, but like you say, the big man upstairs. Yep. Not that, yeah. And he is, Hulkin is just so entertaining in his match. And how could anybody not say The Rock and Stone Cold got a lot of their antics from Hulk Hogan? This is the same kind of stuff that The Rock would, you know, Rock would do in between, you know, throwing punches and stuff, doing slicks dance. What an entertaining, what an entertaining match. I've never seen him get up higher for the leg drop. Grabbing the ref's arm to stop the pin, you know he's just pissed off. This is one of the few times at the Garden where they 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 did the match in uh, November. Then they had a Savage match in December with Bad News Brown. Then they have Hulk's match with Bossman here. Then they're gonna have Savage next month. Then they're gonna have the cage with Bossman in March. So they like kind of instead of going three in Pretty a row, smart. they're trying yeah, they they're trying something new. Yeah. yeah, so that's why we got this to go on last instead of before an admission. But brother. I'm good. I I don't I I know we put on the scale of WrestleMania three, so I can't do five. So four and a half stars. Nice. I'm right there Brother, with you. Four I two five. I'm so right there with you. Into this, this reminds me why I like this whole Hogan character so much, and you could tell he's enjoying himself too. That he's not just going out there to get to. to I mean, of course, he's going out there for the money, brother. But you could tell he's enjoy- he's enjoying what he's doing, and he- you could tell he really liked the boss man, you know, and, and yeah. slick. This ha- is the good stuff fun. right here. They're is- ha- really having fun. What a 
fun, but, and it, it's. It, it, I can't explain it. It's so good. It, I re- recommend this so highly. Yeah, if you got, you got to watch it for nothing else than to see him pop those cuffs and the garden's yeah. reaction when he pops oh, them off. Yeah. Oh my God! Real American afterwards. Yeah. Posing. Then you get this, two months later. We get this phenomenal cage match. You know what I mean with the, with this. This is a, a Hogan and Boss Man. I mean, it's a lot of people hold it in high regards, but I would still call it a bit underrated. I, I know we the, did the, the belt wasn't involved. So. I know we did the Saturday Night's main event, but somewhere down the line, we got to do the the bull off here too. Just yeah, go. so it's, so it's basically the same match. But yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, down the line where it's you know three or four years in between the two, be no reason not to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, my good God, card, well, good stuff. Yeah, that that match that match just blew me the fuck away. It, it, it's the, the guy is the guy's charisma is it's it's just it, it's um, and I, I don't want really to talk about another man like this. I I, I sound like I sound uh, strange, like like say, like saying this, but it was just like this this. It's like. I, I don't know how people felt about Elvis Presley because I wasn't alive then, but it, it had like that feeling to it. Like this guy just has you. This is how many years later, and he had me in the palm of his fucking hand watching this last night. Yeah, it was you know, great. It, it was it, great. amazing, amazing, yep. greatest of all time, Hulk Hogan, without a doubt. Yeah, this is one to watch. Hulkamania forever, brother. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll bring Paul. We'll do emails. We'll announce the next show, and we'll go from there. You got it. We are back. One last segment, the 24-inch podcast, Hollywood Dave Rollins, Paula Bennett, and Steve Bennett. Don't forget, you can catch this episode and all episodes of the 24-inch podcast on the Sportscaster SoundCloud page. It's soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. You can also find the Sportscasters on Twitter, at sports underscore casters, the sportscasters at gmail.com, at sportscasters on Instagram. Uh, some really good shows, Sportscasters-wise, recently. Uh, we had on... Joe Buck, the announcer of Monday Night Football, was on last week. I also reran an interview I did in nineteen in two thousand thirteen about a bar fight that Eddie Vedder and Jack McDowell got in in nineteen ninety three. Wild. Um, in New Orleans, Jack McDowell came on and won the Cy Young Award. Uh, with the he had won the Cy Young Award that baseball season. It was the off season? He was hanging out with Vetter, who he knew prior to Pearl Jam because his first ex wife. And Vetter's first ex-wife were roommates. So <laughs> going into Pearl Jam, Vetter already had a relationship with this baseball pitcher. And they're in New Orleans and this guy's like Razzin. Uh, Vetter's saying, like, you guys suck. Your music sucks. And he's just riding. At first, they don't care. But just riding them all night, all night, all night. They're just at this bar. After a while. And like after a while, it's the like bar fight. Start. Yeah, it just popped like off. Yeah. Yep. 
and uh, nobody got fired except for Eddie Better. And uh, it's funny, McDowell says, the only reason I didn't get arrested, not fired, arrested, the only reason I didn't get arrested because the cop didn't know who I was. <laughs> they, you know, he just picked the famous guy out, basically. Um, but you can check that out. Um, also, we had um, Jay Mariotti was on, Scott Morrison and Doug McLean, former GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, was on. Um, next week, Andrew Siciliano makes his debut, and Nick Bakai. Who, oh, Nick Bakai, I love him. Yeah, he'll be on as well. He's got a new show coming out on HBO Max called Bookies, and I was, he I actually it was pretty cool, Dave. He sent me the first episode of the show to watch before the interview, but it came like on this special website from Max, and the whole time it had my name on the screen, so that if I wow. copied it, they would know who copied it. Yeah, man. Yeah, like the oil. So that's pretty cool. Uh, got their ins and outs. Yeah, like I said, the 24-inch podcast is on the SoundCloud feed. Sportscasters at 24-inch podcast, at 24-inch podcast, at 24-underscore-inch-podcast underscore on Instagram, 24-inch-podcast on Gmail. All right. And I think you can also find our audio on YouTube if you, if you type in 24-inch podcast. Very cool. As well, yeah. All Maybe right. not all the shows, but some will pop up. Beautiful. Um, What's next? Let's do emails. Paul, you want to start? Oh, yes. Okay. So my mom has us two, but I'll do one and I'll do another one. Okay, later. question from your mom. I know her. If you had a song that your teacher had to listen to every day when she walked in the room, right. what would it be? So what if a school teacher had entrance music, Dave? What do you think the song would be for your elementary school teacher walking in and out of the classroom every day? That's got to be teacher, teacher. From 38 Special from uh, the movie Teachers with Nick Nolte. Okay, I like it. Is That that is 38 Special, right? Hold on loosely. I believe that's 38. If, if it's not 38 Special, it's something just like them that they toured with or something. You no, know? I think that's that, right. That's right, I think. Yeah, Teacher, Teacher. Okay, 38 Special by Teacher, Teacher by 38 Special. Confirmed. Paul, what do you got? Um, If your teacher's I walking in and out. The, um, like the first season, one for the last. Okay, go ahead. For their last season, I would do schools out for summer. Okay, I was yeah. gonna, I was yeah, gonna say like that. At the Good end, one. And the other one is what you always sing to me after a long weekend. School bells are ringing, children are singing. It's off to school we go again. But to sing off in the afternoon, would say away. Okay. Off we were. All time great parent troll song to troll their kids. Yes, it does troll me. Like, sometimes I feel like I want to punch you in the face, but I don't tell you that. Why did I just tell you that? <laughs> I will pick hot I'm for a teacher. I was gonna say, I was, yeah. I was gonna say, we can't pick that though, Steve, because when we went to school, the teachers weren't hot. They were right. Not, Maybe no. they were for you. No, not for me. No, I had a bunch of old bags. Now they're all hot. By high school, I had a few hot ones. Yeah, a few. I mean, but not the same ratio as today. No, no. Our teacher's on average age was like 55, 60. Paula's teacher's average age is like 25, 30, seems like. Right, right, yeah. yeah it's all, well, women in general change. Like a 50-year-old woman today could be smoking hot. And, well, that's the same as true for men. Like, do you yeah. know like, uh, like uh, Norm and, and uh, who's the, the mailman and Cheers? Right. Oh, that guy was like 35 when they were taking Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. so different. 
50 year old woman could be smoking hot nowadays when when in the 80s 70s and 80s you look like a granny you know good one all right yeah. dave what you what, what do you what do you got good one mom uh we're gonna Tell start mom, from good some, one. yeah good one uh tammy um I want to start with a dear old friend of mine, Ron Simone. He said, he says to me, kangaroo song. That's his comment because he always is pressuring me to cut a promo for his uh, business, One Stop Realty Shop. So, Ron Simone, all I got to say to you about that, my workload has tripled at my job because the first shift claims the second shift doesn't have enough to do. So I can't go outside anymore and cut these promos for you. But there's one thing I got to say to you is that I'm glad you found your drone, Simone. That's it. All right. Kangaroo song from Big Daddy fame. There you go. We're just thinking Adam Sandler. That's right. He missed missed the Rangers penalty shot in overtime to put the kangaroo song on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got one from Lucas. Lucas Calhoun, our main man. It's the the, uh, subject is Hulk's giving. I was thinking about the gobbledygooker. Really? You were thinking about that? Wild. I was thinking about the gobbledygooker and what I would have done with the giant egg. I would have liked to see Abdullah the Butcher appear from the egg and attack Gene, who would then be saved by Hulkster, who would then challenge Abdullah to the ultimate match of survival, where he then takes the leg drop and disappears back to the Indies. Anyway, I'd like to know what you guys would have done with the giant egg, and Hulkamania will never die. So, so first, Dave, this might be a good time for you to announce our next episode. Yeah, speaking of that, yeah, yeah. we might as well because yeah. it's going to be it's going to be our mo- gobbledygooker. It's going to be an egg sighting episode mm-hmm. next time out in two or three weeks at the Twenty Four Inch Podcast. As uh, we're going into Hartford, Connecticut, the good old Hartford Civic Center, which I have may or may have not been evacuated from at one time um, by uh, uh, the Hartford Police. But um, in in the snow, and uh, <laughs> and um, uh, Kevin Hogan, you, you you're a big listener. You know a lot about that. But um, anyway, uh, I'll be got a brain fart here. What was the question again? Uh, oh, the egg. The egg. Oh no, no. You're gonna make the say, announcement of our next show. Oh yeah, the Survivor Series 1990 from Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. My favorite survivor. Mm, I'd say it's tied for my favorite Survivor Series with 87, but I, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. So much fun, so much intrigue. We did two surprises on the show that we didn't know leading into it. The Grand Match Survival at the end was one of the coolest con- concepts they ever did. I don't know why they went downhill with Survivor Series after that. Going down and down and down and down instead of going up and up and up. You thought they were going to do this every year. I don't know if the roster was too thin or what, but this is such a cool Survivor Series. Okay. Do you want you want my answer about the egg? And now too? you can answer the egg. Yep. So next time, Summer Slam or Survivor Series ninety, Dave, what would you have done with the egg? I actually thought, like, I mean, like, there were like rumors going around that it's going to be Ric Flair. Like, how could Ric Flair be living in an egg and be, be going around from arena to arena? You know, I, I thought like like the egg was going to like explode and like like all smoke and stuff and everything. And then like some, somebody like a Ric Flair or some, you know, Lex Luger or somebody like that, you know, somebody from the magazines I knew a wrestler would come walking down the aisle, not exactly in the egg. I think the only thing that could have come out of the egg is what did that would make any sense. An actual Turkey or a chicken, you know, who could be living in an egg being 
because they were pushing the the egg was going to all the TV tapings and all. You know, Ric Flair's not living in the egg, or, or you know, or, or whomever. But Abdul, if anybody, Abdul the Butcher, he kind of looks like an egg, one of those brown ones. But um, you know, if you if you jump, Lucas Calhoun said jumps Hogan, Hogan takes care of him, and he go back into the egg at the end. You know, but uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of just figured it. Like it looks like that egg is about to explode, and like you know, smoke goes up in the arena. Somebody comes down the aisle. You know that that's what I thought was uh, was going to happen uh, there. With the right. egg. How about you? Well, it's nineteen ninety, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. November ninety, and uh, my idea: grunge is coming, right? I know you don't like it, Dave. It's coming. No, you know it's coming. It's around the corner at this point. So let's have another big night for the 80s rockers. They're going to lose some steam during grunge. So here's my idea. Out of the egg comes Belle Biv DeVoe (laughs) to sing their song, Poison, 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 right? And they're getting into it. Everyone's like, what the hell? Belle Biv DeVoe is in that egg? And they're singing that song. I don't really know it besides Poison, 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 right? And then the lights go off, kind of like when The Undertaker would come out. And everything's quiet now. What's going on, man? And you hear like the Belbivo guys like trying to get their mics to work. You know what happened? And then the pyro starts going off, and it's the band Poison, and Whoa. and they're playing the song Unskinny Bop, Unskinny Bop, 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 Bop. Oh, not a day. And it's a battle of survival between the two Poisons, Poison All the right. band and Poison the song by Belbivo. And obviously, those jabronis and Belle Devoe get their asses beat in by the guitars and the drums. Gene, you'd be like, Belle Biv Devoe, I can't believe it. Yep. And, <laughs> bravo, yep. Bravo, and, bravo. and Poison the Band gets a, it's a, a historic moment as the sole survivor of the Poison versus Poison Entertainment battle. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that answer. Yeah. So that's but a, uh, I like it. That's what I got. All right, Paul, what do All you right. got? Mine kind of like. Um... Tough to follow, I know. Like, it's kind of like this. Okay. So, but can I change the color of the egg? No, it's a, it's a giant white egg. Uh, okay. Um, but inside of it is actually um, Wednesday Adams. Wednesday Adams from the Adams family is inside the egg. No, from okay. a cow. Okay, and she comes out. And she comes out. Uh-huh. And she the power comes out. Um, um. She comes out, mm. and the power is out, and there's a big screen, and it show it shows the pop of the high, then it turns off, mm. and then it all goes pitch black, and then when they, um, it all goes pitch black, mm. and then they, um, see the hive again, then they see the hive again, mm. and they all feel like they're going to get eaten, except one strong wrestler, Hulk Hogan. Hogan, okay. Says, back off, Wednesday Adams. Don't get these hives in in wrestling. Well, I challenge you to a wrestling match. Hogan challenges Wednesday Adams to a match. Well, it's actually... um, Shouldn't he challenge her dad, at least? No, um, she... um, It's actually, um, you know who. The hand? No, not the... Things on her. You know the person that Macho Man accidentally was with at the end of his career? Scary Sherry. Mm-hmm. Scary Sherry is actually oh. her. Okay. 
But you have the Landmotronic thing and stuff like that. Okay. Make a look at it. So Hogan beats up Scary Sherry at the end. Yes, and then. Okay, and then what? And the, um, and then they all go wow. Wow. Okay. And then. All right, that's a crazy one. I, I'm speechless. Before before we move on, I just wanted to throw in the uh, rumor and innuendo. At the time, okay, uh, it was going to be uh, the returning, the return of King Kong Bundy. In there. Oh, that would have been now. Sweet. He looks like an egg, so maybe they would have egged up his gimmick a little bit. I don't know, but there's a little rumor and innuendo there. I, I, I forgot about that when I was when I was talking a few minutes ago. It just it just hit me now, and I was a little disappointed that that it wasn't him. So I'm going to change my answer there. Maybe a, a little. Been, bit. I still would have been Bundy. Yeah, yeah, that it was going to be returning Bundy. I, I've forgotten about that. He definitely looks like an egg. I still like the so, the, po- the poison uh, battle. No, Bell Bib DeVoe, my yeah. goodness. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> I like the Wednesday version. All right. Um, Paul, you got another one? Oh, yes, but what are the quick? Is yeah. the egg? No, we're done with the egg. No more egg. Fine. <laughs> Move on. Prep Michaels, my later. God, okay. have he done that to your hair? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what she's got next. She's got from her grandma. No, oh no! This is also from Mom. What is one move you do you do in cheerleading, Paula? That would make a good wrestling move. Everyone's gonna do. Everyone's yeah. gonna do this. So. Okay, but we, me and Dave, don't know cheerleading moves. I'll help you. Okay, don't scream. Just tell us. I'll help you. Okay. So the first one I would do is probably. It's one. It's one move. So I'll do a a kick or a pipe jump. A pipe jump. Okay. So I'll show Daddy what that looks like in, so he can, like... I'll describe it. Okay, yep. go do a pipe jump. And um, a kick. Okay. Like, just see which one would Okay, so let's see. Paula's got, I'll do play-by-play play here. All right, Paula's going to the front of the room. I'm actually, um, it's called a foot jump really quick. Okay, first is a jump. And she jumps. That would not be an effective wrestling move. What's the next one? The kick. Oh, that would be good. That'd be a real good. That could be a finisher. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with that one. Okay. The power kick for sure. Dave, do you know anything about cheerleading? I know what I I would um, do. If I don't know if I don't know much about hockey or basketball, or you think I really don't? I don't know, maybe maybe dated maybe cheerleaders. Cheer- cheer- yeah. Cheerleaders. Cheerleading. Yeah. No, nope. I already know what my move is. I would, I would hit him with the loaded pom pom. Pom pom. I would have, a, I would have a, a pom pom, but it would be loaded with foreign objects. And when I hit the person with it, they'd be knocked out cold, and everyone would be looking at it like, "How'd that pom pom knock them out?" Paula, do you know that they did have a um, that, that Steve? That's amazing, by the way. Yeah. But um, Paula, I want they had they had a cheerleading. Uh, gimmick in re- in the WWE in the mid two thousands, there were male cheerleaders called oh, the Spirit it, Squad. Yeah, the Spirit Squad. Yeah, and one turned out to be uh, went on to be Dolph Ziggler, mm. a very famous uh, modern day professional wrestler. How about that? All right, Dave, what do you yeah. got? You got another one, right? Got a couple more. Yeah, good um, one, Tammy. Let's... Tammy had two good ones tonight. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling here. All right. Let's pull up uh, Tim Mangione from the City of Angels. Here's my question. Do you think if HBK didn't hook up with Sonny, the Candido Sonny mm. story would have ended differently? Uh, Tim, I'll go first. I don't think so because, I, in my opinion, 
when somebody is uh, keeps multiple partners and is a, a cheat or whatever, they're kind of always going to be like that. I think that's and not if somebody gets screwed up once, you know, maybe here and there. But it seems like there's so many different stories that that came out of of, of her camp, and you know, not just Shawn Michaels. So I I I don't know. So I, no, I don't think it would have ended differently. It just would have been some some other some other wrestler, you know, probably yeah. down the line. As they say now, uh, Sunny is for the streets, right? I mean, Sunny's a whore. I mean, she would have if it wasn't Sean, it would have been someone else, right? Right. Yeah. So it wasn't like oh my god, it was one time. I was so drunk. No. I'm so sorry, Chris. You know, it it was it wasn't that situation. It was like a real. You know, affair. So it would have, it would have just been. I don't. I hate Shawn Michaels. Well, yeah. I hate the strong word. I dislike Shawn Michaels. But um, it, no, it would have been. You know, she would have found someone else. Edge or somebody else. You know, if she stayed around. You know, it would have been somebody. Yep, she would have found someone else. All right, what else yeah. you got, Dave? All right, the you great one more. Right? The one and only one more. Kevin okay. Hogan from Nutley, New Jersey, is uh, on the line here, and um, he. Says, guys, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember the big boss man winning the Intercontinental Championship during his first run with the WWF. Am I wrong? You know, nope. If I'm not, why do you think he wasn't given a run with the belt? Um, well, um, I think he's the type of wrestler that doesn't need a belt. I don't think a belt would look correctly on him. Uh, not too many like gimmick wrestlers like that were champions. I know you're going to say the Honky Tonk Man. Of course, there's some exceptions to the rule. The Mountie had it transitioned for a couple days. But, like, I don't consider, like, guys like Hulk Hogan. Beefcake would have got it if his face didn't explode. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's the barber, but he's still more of a regular guy than than the boss man, in a way. I just think... I, I don't know. He was never one thing long enough. Like he came like in. Steamboat, he's a heel. Steamboat was the dragon, but he's still a regular guy. Right, right. It's just, yeah. just his nickname, you know. Big boss man. We're talking oh. about big boss man. Then I have a good one. Paula, do you know why? Would you ever? Do you have a reason why you think he never got a belt, boss man? Because if he does, he would probably use the power of the belt to put somebody in jail. Oh yeah, oh. like he did in too one focused of on jail matches and, and things like that, yeah, and stuff like that. Because once he did have to put the Mountie in jail, uh, sheriff, I think he was trying to be his gimmick was a sheriff, Mountie. Yeah, Mountie. Yeah, kind of like a Canadian cop. Yeah, like a Canadian cop or a Canadian yeah. sheriff or something like that. So I think he like they were rivals. They were one's like American and ones like. Yeah. Canadian. Yep. So I think that rivalry mm-hmm. came together a lot, and they fight a lot. So that's the big problem. Brilliant. I'm I'm just gonna agree with Paula. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, Paula. You got another email here, I believe, right? Yes, I do. I All right. This is a good one from your grandma. What is your favorite and least favorite wrestling animal? Favorite and least favorite of the wrestling animals. Paul, you want to go first? Yes. All right, what do you got, baby? So my favorite is Matilda because I have an elf named Matilda. Yep. She's my favorite. Okay, Matilda, the dog. Uh, my least favorite is Ricky's. Ricky's dragon. He freaks me out. Yep, the dragon that Steamboat had on the January 87. No. Before that. What was it? Uh, November 87. Sorry, it's main event. I hate the 
pizza of his mouth. Him and it makes me creep out. It was tape. Just... It was red tape to keep his mouth shut. It's so scary. <laughs> All right, Dave, what about you? My favorite animal is George the Animal Steel. Good one. And my least favorite animal is that no good weirdo, the animal Batista. Okay. So you're doing really- And I won't get into my reasons why he is a strange person. Right, I'm, he's not I'm my a, cup of tea. I'm going to stay in our era for my answers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick um, Frankie as my favorite. Mm, the bird. Nice choice. Yeah. Poor I, I mean, the reality is, is my favorite is Matilda, of course, but Paul already said that. So you I can went do to the Frankie. Same yeah, but I'll just give Frankie a shout. Why not give Frankie another? She would not talk about Frankie much. Uh, so Frankie is my favorite, and my least favorite is, I mean, Damien. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I, I went with uh, the animal nicknames for humans because it's hard for me to. I'm, I'm a big animal lover. It's well, hard for me to pick pick it pick a one a least favorite. But I guess yeah, if I if I went with a real animal, Damien, I'd be afraid of the most. You know, at least that. Yeah, definitely my least favorite is. Right. Uh, I decided I went over to some girl's house um, last weekend. And uh, she had a tarantula. Yeah. And she she had it crawling all over. There's pictures on Facebook. She had it crawling all over me and stuff. And I was still cool with that, you know? Because Buzz had one at Home Alone. Right, Paula? Yeah. So that's why it was cool. Buzz is <laughs> such a dick. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. He looks and, like a and, dick, too. Um, too, where he um, lights his ears. Yeah. And he's singing. And he sings beautifully. Yeah. And Buzz is just making fun of him, and everybody's laughing. It's his time to shine. Yeah, and then somehow Buzz gets out of it when they're yelling at him. Yeah. And because he punched him because it was his moment to shine (laughs) and not get yelled at. And Kevin should have been able to sing without having his ears lit and not be made fun of. Yeah, just because he's in, I'm just going to say, the fourth grade. Right. It's not fair that he doesn't get to at least, like, it's no fair. It's no. I know. You it, know the it, word. It's like the opposite of when Meadow got that huge break, and the the sporting goods stores kid ran out and wouldn't perform with her. So then she got to do a solo of "My Heart Will Go On." <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of that. All right, you got anything else on here, baby? Yes, I do. All right. Um, gobble, gobble, gobble. It's turkey season. Dad, <laughs> no. that's for later. Uh, what is your favorite wrestling dog? What is your favorite wrestling dogs and animals? Right, we just did animals. So you want to do more specifically dogs? My favorite wrestling dog is Junkyard Dog. Well, there you go. Can, you can say people that you know. Okay, Dave, do you have a favorite wrestling dog? I don't want to copy your answer, but of course, you know, you got to go JYD. But Thump. if we're going to go if we're gonna go real, do- real dogs, how many were there? Or Matilda and Winston. Yep. Is that it? The road dog, Jesse James. Eh, no, he's that's a no. Um, not against him, but you know that's a no. He's a little annoying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's not my thing. But uh, if you don't want me to steal your answer, I, I guess I'll just have to go to Matilda since I wrote her a letter once. <laughs> yeah, but she was kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, Paul, do you have a favorite wrestling dog? Well, it's not a wrestling dog, but I think he could do a fight. Okay. Colston. Our dog Colston, yes. He'd be a great wrestling dog. <laughs> what? He, he took my face. He'd probably poop his pants at the ring and run back looking for mom. He would probably poop his pants and then that would. He would probably poop his pants and that would make everybody be like, Aww. Oh, look at this carry. That's his stinky dog. All right. It's still in the, the um, 
he'll pass out. The rest will never pass out because he's so close to it. And then he'll, um, we're the off winner the rails. of this match <laughs> is Colston Bennett. <laughs> All right, we're off the rails. It's time to get out. Join us next time. SummerSlam, or I keep saying SummerSlam. Survivor Series 90 in a couple weeks. Uh, Hollywood Dave, Paula Bennett, only one last thing to do. Say your prayers. And tell your friends about the 24-inch podcast. You bunch of turkeys, brother. Gobble, gobble.